Um, yeah, I've been listening to all of the Weekends albums. I don't know why. Okay, cool. I don't know. I just got inspired. Like, I'm sure he has one or two good songs. That makes sense. I I like um I like the one from the Fifty Shades soundtrack. That song's pretty decent. You okay? You like that one? I think it was pretty good. <laughs> Ugh, I like how it okay. sounds. I don't know. Well, if you the like, it has an epic sound, but also like if you call out his name, you're saying. You're saying the weekend. That's not cool. <laughs> that, that is so good. That, that's like that's no, closer no, no. to being like a safe word during sex and like. <laughs> Fair enough. Like he's guess... in the Fifty Shades apartment and his girl starts saying weekend, weekend. Like he's gonna be like, wait, which what what do we agree to? <laughs> um. No, I like the one. Iris, what do you me. Iris, what do you think about the weekend? <laughs> uh, it's over because it's Monday. That's true, it's That's Monday. True. <laughs> but what if there was one million of the guy who was in, and he was live, and he was The weekend, and he was also the master of his role in what The if, Idol? What if The weekend had a hundred girlfriends? <laughs> None of which coke. liked him at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello everybody, welcome to AFTF Podcast, Year End Review! Year End Review! Pop champagne. <laughs> Pop champagne. Oh. Pop um, champagne. <laughs> to accompany this intro of the podcast, go look up Pop Champagne by uh, Jim Jones and play it alongside. Can you can you put that in the edit? I'll put it in the edit. Yeah, I'll play I'll play fucking all of a copyrighted song in the edit real quick. Really quiet though, so you can't tell what it is. And we won't get copyright struck in. Um joining us today is uh as usual, Ronka. Oh yeah, hello. Well, I said joining us, but then I said Ronka. Jo- joining me, Mallory, as usual, is Ronka. Hi. And Iris. Welcome back, Iris. Hi. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about um, three things in particular. One, fall 2023 season. We'll mm-hmm. talk about what we watched, what we liked, what we didn't like. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the year 2023, all four seasons. Call yep. us Frankie Valley. Um <laughs> And we'll talk about maybe, like, our favorite shows from the year, anything we noticed. And then finally, we'll talk about the Kirara show from fall 2023, Hoshikuzu Telepath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and without further ado, let's get cracking. Uh, it, it's already the new year. I just feel fresh as fuck. You might have noticed. We've, we're back. We're back off our vacation we're hiatus. Back. We're fresh as fuck right now. We're probably back it's for like, real It's time. like I just put on new underwear. That's true. It is I actually literally I did put on new underwear this Me morning. Me too. Which is huge. Yeah. Oh my god. Let's go. I was building up to the same joke. Nice job. <laughs> nice. Um, and so let's do our usual thing. Um, me and Iris watched fewer shows in this season of anime than Ranka, probably. So we'll just yeah, go over probably. them first. Sounds good. All right. Uh, All right. Who who should start? I guess. I guess I'll start because I probably watched more shows. Uh, okay, did... I literally just said the opposite, but you well, go ahead first. Well, I mean, it's, we can trade off this way. Mallory, did you watch Under Ninja? I did, yeah. Me and Iris did watch Under Ninja. Let's I go! Did... That I... was my <laughs> my suggestion. Yeah, Iris called it. I haven't finished Under Ninja, uh, but I really okay. like what I've seen so far. I'm about two-thirds through. Yeah. It's good. Um, it's very funny. Yeah, I, I had a good time watching it. Very fun show. Um, pretty... Cl- pretty... Um, pretty tight race for best op of 2023 mm. but i think under ninja is in, is on the short list for me honestly oh, for sure. really no, really I've... sick op i, I would i would it. also agree those whole um, show itself time. very fun mm. no and that's just really really neat i think um if you're a fan of i'd say 
dark British comedies like Saltburn, you might really dig on <laughs> <laughs> Okay, alright. Okay. Alright. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's... If you're a fan of some of the scariest films of all time, like a Serbian film, or Salo, or Saltburn, um, you might really enjoy uh, Under Ninja. It is, admittedly, a show where people's dicks do get chopped off. Uh, that's true. But also, sometimes it's not a dick, and it's actually a chikua, and it's fine. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Under Ninja is sort of, uh, I get, I would probably summarize things too much. Uh, if you like weird, absurdist, slightly grungy social realism comedies, they're also insane action things. It kind of defies categorization. It's definitely one of those shows where you're like, oh, this got an anime? This is the sort of thing that would normally remain a manga forever. And this is the first of the author's many works to get an anime. So that probably says something. It's oh, it's nice. crazy that this got an anime uh, before I'm a hero, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm not complaining at all because I like this one way more than I like that one. <laughs> That's I I broadly like all his stuff, but like I suppose I suppose I'm a hero is old enough now that it would kind of be in the Netflix minds if it did get a show. Um, mm. Whereas here, I guess they just had like an idea for this would be kind of a, a visually interesting show to make on a slightly lower budget. Uh, and they pulled it off. Uh, yeah, especially for, like, like you said, a show that is definitely lower budget, but not in a, in a way that I think detracts from it at all. And in oh, fact, it's a, in many it's a, cases, adds to its charm. It's, it's a good-looking show. I mean, it's, like, it's like shelf low budget. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where they're not afraid to use, like, really garish CG models because it works in the context of the show, mm-hmm. which I'm always a big fan of. I, li- I, like, I like a good, fun use of CG, honestly. I, I broadly agree. Um, I'm pro CG because it also filters a lot of shonen fans. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, your turn. Okay, my turn. Uh, Ranka, did you watch um, Shy season I one? I did watch Shy season one. I really liked it. Um, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. I, I imagine we'll probably be coming back to Shy probably a couple of times over the course of, of today because it is yeah. it's relevant for a few things we'll be discussing. Uh but no, show was really really charming. I'd read a little bit of the manga way back. Um yeah, and same. it's like Well, I actually I keep forgetting. It's by that one really really big deal beautiful illustrator oh. um IMAS fan. Yes, uh author of one one of the most important images of all time. Uh, and now Literally. I, Mallory probably to this. Um Iris, what happened? I mean, how familiar are you with uh, chopping boards? Like the, oh, explain. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like. Do you do you like chopping boards generally? I feel like I'm being tricked. <laughs> well, yeah. This is a setup. We're gonna show you an image that you know. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Show me the image because I bet I know it, and I bet I love chopping boards. If this is the context. No, no. What plays with a chopping board? She cannot help touching three spaces in Unicode. The flat the surface. The flat surface. Yep. I think yep. about touching flat surface uh, frequently. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is the author of Shy. Yeah, the Shy author is an old school oh Imasuri head from the early 2010s, and it kind of shows yep. through in their work in Shy, which is a, I guess, fighting shonen, but mostly a women talk about their feelings before occasionally punching each other series. It's definitely. I liked how I like how much of a blend its ideas and action were mm. of like contemporary battle shonen ish, like especially like post My Hero Academia. Yeah. But I like how much it combined that with like really classical like pre cure Maho shoujo sensibilities. And yeah, 
does definitely have um, it spot. feels like a kind of a, a nice little unique blend that feels more original than it should in my opinion I, I actually um shy reminded me of something that uh, has been covered on the podcast before it actually reminded me a lot of yumikui mary um where True. you get this kind of like hmm. combination between uh fanciful world building and like cool visuals and fun powers obviously yumikui mary is a little bit more rooted in like um 2000s like ghosts and ghoulies and dream monsters and tohos uh visuals and this was a little bit more superheroes but i think that from like a narrative standpoint both of them kind of take the same approach of you know a lot of it is an original take on some familiar stuff like there's fighting and there's feelings but um both the shows kind of the the fighting takes a uh, back seat but is not written out in favor mm. of people talking about their feelings but then when a fight does happen it's very sick yeah it's you know sometimes sometimes you do need to try and punch your older russian girlfriend's mother to make a point um, that's so true and her clown girlfriend the clown the girlfriend clown the girl. beautiful oh my god iris was geeked off that clown oh no this like Holy no cow. no like this is this is an interesting time for clowns because like i watched the amazing digital circus recently and like oh homie's cute <laughs> But, like, she's not really a clown, so I think it was good to have some proper clown culture back in here. It it was great that she was a- animated different from everyone else yeah. in the show, too. Like, everyone else is doing their thing, and she's doing Tom and Jerry gags. Yeah, I will say, what's, going back again, also, to talk about shows that are sort of low budget, this and Under Ninja took kind of different tacts, where this is has a lot of very nice stills and not a lot of animation. And it yes. does look a bit stiff at times. Sometimes it works in favor. Every time they did the fucking panel in panel stuff while people were talking to you, that I hated that. That just looked like they were just copying yeah. the manga. But I found that annoying. And I get the impulse to copy the manga. It is uniquely beautiful. I should mention, um, if you have oh. not seen this artist's work, uh, Bukimi397 is their Twitter. Go look at any of their drawings. They're an outstanding illustrator. And I think trying to make that manga into an anime is probably intimidating i would say for the average team and i think they made the wise choice to not really go on model at all really um it looks i I think it looks okay i I just i think it's like it's always on model and no one moves sorry sorry it's 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 on model the show looks really consistent i think it doesn't look too much like what i like about the manga no no it's definitely very different, different to the manga yeah yeah, the, the manga is uh, beautiful. They uh, throw a couple illustrations from it at the... Yeah, uh, the eye-catches have a lot of uh, illustrations. Yeah, the eye-catches and a couple of the of the endings of the episodes have, have some as well. And it's just like, I have never seen a story like this with art like that. And um, honestly, I really need to read the manga. I, yeah, I it, think this also might have me going to the manga. To yeah, there, there has there been mm-hmm. there's season two, uh, so yep. I'll be I'll be tuning in for that. But I feel like if we don't immediately get a season three announced after that, I'll probably go to the manga. The we will the, be watching Commander, the twenty three volume manga. That's crazy. It's it's so crazy that we we're constantly That's talking. actually a lot of volumes. What the fuck? Yeah, no, it's like it's it's like we always <laughs> have this fucking discourse about like, oh, what if there was a shonen with good female protagonists? Like, you just have to look outside of Jump. There is an ongoing twenty three volume quite good shonen series that's all about women you can just go and read it or watch it but people won't (laughs) they won't but hey iris what might they have watched instead uh jujitsu kaisen (laughs) 
Yeah, sure, why not? That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, gonna, I actually will have watched that instead, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen 2. Alright, everybody. Jujutsu Kaisen second core. Second two cores, I should say. Yeah. Uh, uh, possibly worst OP of the season. Uh, I like. I actually like the song because I. Of course you do. Because it sounds like Maroon Five. It sounds like weird Maroon Five. It's the worst sentence you've said on our podcast. I think it's crazy. <laughs> no, I said worst ones, but that's your worst for sure. I honestly thought it sounded like a, a Justin Timberlake original, but no, go yes. on. it does a bit. No, it does sound like uh, the JT Experience era Justin Timberlake song. Yep. Oh, oh, but I like God. that as well. Um, I I don't like that. Se- I I think the first half of that sequence is okay, but the second half is like it's just a clip from the show. It's just a clip from the show. It's just a clip from the show, oh, yeah. but it's Man. red. Yeah. I fucking. Mappa, Mappa openings have, like, genuinely, I think, killed people's understanding of the opening as a medium. Um, I, to- I totally agree. <laughs> like, and it's kind of weird, because, like, if you look at, like, some slightly older Mappa openings, like, Yuro and Ice's opening and ending are cool. Those are really nice, nice ones that I still really like. And But, like, the Jujutsu Kaisen ones, the Jigoku Raku one, and this... Oh, the Jigoku just... Raku one got me so fucking mad. I... We don't I, have to talk about you, Goku. We, we don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> we, we won't again. Um, but um, speak. But yeah, I guess we can talk about the actual show that was Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Uh, uh, now, so I am an anime watcher of Jujutsu Kaisen the anime. I've only seen oh, the anime. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm I still spoiled feel so bad literally for spoiling everything. you on it. Fucking I'm s- I spoiled one thing. Don't don't start with me. I spoiled one thing. What did you thing. spoil, Ranka? On also, should we do a spoiler no, no. warning for Jujutsu Kaisen just in no, case? No, no, because you've seen it. And also, we're not talking about long enough. Um, I was spoiled for one major death directly, and there was another major death that I was spoiled from. But that was my fault for being on on the Bird app. Well, the Bird website, which is you know, okay. Oh. Which which major deaths we can? No, we can, I okay. I know because I don't I don't want to fucking spoil other people. I'm I'm straight about this shit. Fair enough, fair enough. Respect. Walking it back, I got to um, the first chronological one. <laughs> okay, uh, I think that uh, if we're talking about Jujutsu Kaisen, it's worth saying a couple a couple things about this show that are just like broad strokes. Number one, I think Mal and I are both in agreement that this is like Jujutsu Kaisen is one of the most fun currently running like shonen fighting things to keep up mm. with it, it it's just like i'm happy to say the words jump manga in this context yeah jump jump manga jump um manga. and um i think that honestly the uh team that they have working on this show at mappa for season two especially after the uh, director left um did a really really great job of keeping a lot of the charm in the second season that was in the first season which is noteworthy because i think we've watched a lot of mappa shows over the course of the year that have been totally devoid of charm that we were hoping to see in them so that was really nice to see just right off the bat like lots of funny faces lots of cool smeary animation um the reason i bring this all up though is that i i do think it is important just because um i i feel like there have been a lot of issues with how staff has been treated at MAPPA for, like, mm-hmm. a long period of time. Just just worth noting that um, the staff who made this show look really good were under 
uh, enough crunch that they were all posting about it online and about how bad it was. And I think that this is, like, the first time that I've seen a lot of people, um, like, people who aren't like us, normal people, if you will, yeah. uh, recognizing that MAPPA is a really, really shitty workplace. And I really hope I, that... Tragically, people have been aware before because of the Attack on Titan stuff. Yeah, okay. Like that, that's, is, that makes sense. And that's actually, how, like, yeah. shonen, shonen bros, so the more, I guess, maybe not the most mainstream, but certainly a strata above us have been aware of the map, I think, quite well. All I know is that my little brother, who does not watch any anime that is not on Crunchyroll, mm -hmm. was talking to me about labor issues at MAPPA. Yeah. And I Likewise, was like... um, my friend at work, who is roommates with a buddy of mine who's a hardcore, like, jump reader, and is being forced to watch JJK updates as his first shonen um, anime ever. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I want actually want to talk about that really quickly later, but we'll put a pin in that for a second. <laughs> he also, at one point, asked me, what's the deal with the MAPPA stuff I'm hearing about? Because he is a very well-read leftist. And he was curious about the labor rights stuff, and he was asking me about MAPPA, and this is his first anime he's ever watched. So. Wow. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. People are people know about this way more than I uh, expect them to, for sure. Anyways, I f just feel like it's worth noting. Like, I I think that we can all agree that we want better working conditions for people in the anime industry in general, and that Mappa is kind of like a big turning point in that. Mm. And it would just feel gauche to me to like not bring that up on yeah. on the podcast, especially when talking about how much I enjoyed this season of anime that people busted their ass to make. Like, yeah. I think it, I think it looked really nice. I, um, full, full disclosure, uh, I am a capital F Fujoshi, especially for the, uh, Satoru Gojo Suguru Geto pairing. Mm -hmm. I think it's really good. And the little prequel bit they did just for them felt like a, a delicious yaoi appetizer to the, uh, blood fest of the, the Shibuya incident arc. Um... And I really, I really enjoyed uh, a lot of that. That's what I have to say. What, Mal, how'd you feel about it? Um, so I think I... JJK was a tricky show for me because I think that moment to moment, it's very gorgeous. I like a lot of the... I like a lot of the momentary structural editing and the way that things move around in scenes. I think the um, I think that the shonen fights are rather legible, which is a big issue I've been having with like watching any like shonen in the past ten years is like shit just be moving and it's like very ungrounded. It's just sort of like pure force, I guess. And I think that these show these fights are largely quite readable in ways that I enjoy. Um, and I feel that the structural editing and pacing of the entire season was pretty bad. Um, yes. The intro is flashback. Great. Excellent. Um, pretty much the entire Shibuya arc. I get that they're in a weird spot because you definitely cannot end this season having started the calling game and then like just at some point in the middle there. I get it. So this has to be the entire... This has to all be Shibuya. I get that going into it. I still cannot believe how fucking slow the last eight episodes of this season was. So... Yeah... As someone who is a complete anime original, uh. from my understanding, they, they, it wasn't that they were pacing the manga slowly. They were adapting like a fair number of chapters an episode. It's just the manga itself is quite slow. I like, I guess so, but I just think maybe I'm a fast reader. I mm. really oh, no, felt sure. like, well, okay, like, I am a fast reader. No, no, but, I, well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, like in terms of, like the the way in which you read something is different, going to be different to how you adapt it in terms of its pacing. 
Definitely, definitely. But, like, I guess in my head, the way I would have done it is I think... The way that I read the manga was that the entire first two cores of the show, like that first intro part of the manga where you're meeting all the characters, that part feels really leisurely paced, and even the intense action scenes in that one lack a sense of, like, urgency. Not in a bad way, but... I think in a way that helps amplify how intense and concentrated Shibuya is when you read it in the manga. Mm -hmm. And then what I liked about Shibuya in the manga was that there's a lot of detail on like the minutia of like milliseconds of fights and what exactly is happening. But mm -hmm. the overall devastation just felt so, it felt so blunt and sudden and like impactful that moving past it quicker I thought was more interesting because the aftermath I found to be really fascinating. Like, I liked the first several chapters post-Shibuya arc a lot compared to, like, most of the middle and back half of the Shibuya arc itself. The, um, the fight with the fucking eight-gate demon is my favorite part of Shibuya, and everything else oh, yeah. is more or less cool, but, like, a lot of shit. I think that the entire last three episodes of what we watched felt like one chapter in the manga. I know it wasn't. But it felt so blitzed and sudden, and then I think the snap into something new is, like, more jarring and violent, and I think it works better that way, in my opinion. But I don't know how else I would have done it, given they had to close out the core, and I don't think it makes sense to start Calling Game, obviously, at some point. So, like, I get it, but I was frustrated watching the second half of this season, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I it's the hunter... frustrated watching the second... Ooh. I was frustrated watching this whole show. <laughs> Rocco, oh. what's your what's your beef with the show? What's, uh, what's, what's going on? I, okay, so I would say there were multiple shonen this season. I would say this is about middle of the pack for me. Okay. I like it, but it was... I've had a bit of an interesting experience with Jujutsu Kaisen where I was for some reason mistagged by multiple people as a big fan of Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, because I watched the first season and thought, this was pretty good. It was after the Kimetsu no Yaiba anime had come out, and the Kimetsu no Yaiba anime starts mm -hmm. so ungodly badly that I was just impressed that a show got into it and was pretty fun the whole way through. Yeah, I fell uh, off Kimetsu after, like, three episodes. Yes, that, it, it gets better, but, like, it takes way too long to get better. Um, I I love that show, but the beginning is glacial. It's it's glacial and just so poorly done. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I hear, I don't know, this show's, like, uh, ever since Shits Kaisen came out, I've had a lot of friends who would just talk to Shits Kaisen and be like, the things about it were just kind of odd, weren't they? It was a bit off. And I was like... Yeah, and like normally I like jank off stuff, but so much as Kaisen's jank is just, it's sometimes just a bit too inept for me, is is my problem. Like, it, and I think in the in the first season, generally, and obviously it's based on manga, um, Akatani Sensei is quite smart. Uh, they're not good at writing fights. They have no interest in how powers work or how to make them make any sense. So in the first season, you skip just to here is the emotional part of the fight. We're not we're not showing any of these like in interstitial fights. So we're gonna skip all that. We're just gonna show the bit where something kind of fucked happens, and then they have the arc where they show you all the fights, and it's the worst part of the show. And then they go back to a cool little horror arc at the end. And I was like, okay. And then everything everything after the head opens up. The head opening up was a great scene. I was like, okay, that's really cool. And Yo. then when they're just running around the subways fighting people for like eight episodes, I was losing my mind because it turns out everyone in Jujutsu Kaisen's power, they come in and say something really cool like, I move at 24 frames a second and I get a decision point every frame. What it means is they move fast and they punch hard. And everyone's Yo. power is, I move fast and I punch hard and I got so fucking bored. And... Then it then towards the end it kind of picked up again because they actually remembered oh powers can be things except moving fast and punching hard, 
but I just I, just a lot of the middle section was just such a drag because I think what I like about yeah. Jessica Sin is when it's horror and this was yeah. so little yeah, of a horror same. and so much people moving fast and punching each other yeah uh, but there were, there were some I really think... good bits there I thought that the last episode was great yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank and God they brought it back. The uh, Ghetto's, like, weird introspective episode, episode five, best of Sujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, Fantastic. I... I... For sure. I, I think that Suguru Ghetto is the most interesting, spoilers, dead character in the in the show. Um, just because so much of his worldview influences the other character's worldview, and then you later get... Uh, you, you later get a reveal that he isn't... Like, the ghetto that we see on screen is not actually the same ghetto as in the flashbacks. And I think that that's a really interesting way to have a character, like, last throughout the series. Especially because he was the primary antagonist of the, like, the one-shot that uh, was written before it, it became, like, a serialized thing. Um, I I think that uh, I'm... I'm absolutely with you, Ronka. I think that the the best thing about Jujutsu Kaisen is when it straddles that line between like fighting fighting anime and like horror anime. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that reason, and also bringing it back to like the artist crunch stuff, I will just say I think that episode seventeen um, was awesome. I think that a- everyone can kind of agree. That despite the fact that that was the most rushed one, um, that one? that episode to me was the most exciting and impactful one. Which, which one's that one? Uh, that is the one where uh, Sukuna fights Maharaga. Oh yeah, that one. That one kind of lost me a bit. Really? Okay. All right. Just... Fair enough. Ronka <laughs> hates when buildings fall down. That's that's yeah. fair. Like it wasn't bad. I did but, like... like. I I don't know. I I I. It was just like cool. I. I, I think a friend of mine, after I watched the episode, uh, stood behind me and said, wow, this looks like it's really impactful if you cared more about the characters. I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, that's that's fair. <laughs> um, the fun trivia about that episode, did you know that some of the office interiors were modeled after the MAPPA building? <laughs> <laughs> yup! It's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, fun fact. But yeah, I'll, I'll be watching um, more. I didn't dislike it, and... I okay, definitely nice. still get why people are so excited for week to week. I think for me, it's just a sense of slight personal disappointment in Jitsu Kaisen, but it's oh, yeah. a personal disappointment. Yeah, I, I, I think if I can just drop one last thought on the show, just about the pacing and, and why all of this stuff feels weird. I think that uh, Jujutsu Kaisen for me is a lot like Hunter Hunter, where the most exciting parts of the story are when people are talking about what is happening. Mm. Um... And the fights themselves are made interesting by people talking about what is happening in them. Um, uh, Hunter has some really cool like powers and like puzzle box moments, though. Yeah, That's true. I agree. I agree with that. Actually, I, I I get the comparison. I think it belies a quality level that is. My my point is that the writing is like. Oh, for sure. When you're re- when you're reading Jujutsu Kaisen, I think a lot of the parts that Mal is talking about enjoying that I also enjoyed in the manga are like yeah, I enjoy Yap expansion, Domain of Babbling a lot. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no, really, really like Yap expansion. It's it's the uh, the 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 pages that are just like mostly text of people talking <laughs> yeah. about 
like why things are the way they are and i just i do think that that is hard to adapt into a show because you either have to make the whole episode people just talking and then i you, mean i love get... shy so yeah just do that <laughs> yeah true true but then they try and balance it out by making whole episodes of people just fighting which and that is uh, as not interesting doing yeah. <laughs> all right heard okay let's move on now yeah, um, Ronka, hey, your turn. Speaking of people beating up each other in Shibuya, Dead Mount yeah. Death Play, season Yop two. Let's up. go! Show of the season? Wow. <laughs> okay. Dead I... Mount Death Play, season two. Very fun. It was, very, it was very a lot fun. of fun. And I, I was actually quite impressed at how much they managed to wrap up what they had going on. Considering yeah, fucking everything, like like when when the penultimate episode started and the new fucking character showed up, I was like, they they talk about a fucking this. puzzle box there. Holy moly! <laughs> uh, I I think I figured out what was going on by the end. I towards the middle, I was just like, I, I, I oh yeah, I was cooked. <laughs> like, I was cooked. it's I was definitely like... not a Narita project without one hundred bajillion characters. I think it's gotten worse. Honestly. Like, I think... Oh, I think so, too, actually. <laughs> what was genius about Bacano and Dorara was the opening that showed you all the names, and you're like, okay, it's them. This show needed that, but then it would have had run out yeah. of space because there were too they many fucking people. to put people. some fucking names in that opening. <laughs> I agree. Um, um, yeah. yeah, really like this show. Really it's so fun. Oh, my God. Ab absolutely. If you have not seen it, watch it now. It is, like, genuinely... It, 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 it is... It is the type of show that people think they don't make anymore. Like, yeah. it's so much fun. It's, that is it's, true. That is true. It really has the vibe of, like, those old... Like, the, the late novel action shows of the late 2000s, early 2010s. But with, yeah. like... That's, it's just the good bits. Like, there's no real horror and bullshit. It's just people running around saying nonsense things and having nonsense powers. And then occasionally having some, like, surprisingly, like, emotional or interesting bits. Or, and, and, like... Or, like... Or the other thing you get of like novels that era when like wow there's this like really random normal guy villain who rocks the fucking pink hair dude was so oh, good. Oh yeah. yeah, the fucking yeah. Tabasco scene. I was just like ah, oh, I'm, I'm so the, glad. The assassin you... fights. Oh, this is Phantom the Solitaire. Guy, the, guy, oh, Solitaire. the guy whose power is that he's really tall and wears Adidas differently. <laughs> Like, that was a legendary moment in... He wears a tracksuit that's two sizes too small to conceal the length of his limbs. What don't you get? That was an under-ninja character. Literally. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think a lot of this is, like, some of the most absurd, like, non-ideas for, like, shonen characters, but played completely straight, and a lot of that shit rocks so hard. Yeah. Um, uh, Phantom Solitaire is my oh, villain of so the season. Good. It is so funny to have a guy who has somehow infiltrated the highest ranks of like whatever conspiracy is going on, and then it cuts to his internal monologue, and he's like, "I didn't think we'd make it this far, bro. I'm sweating. I don't know what to do." He is the king of improv. He, him, and Miles Davis should have linked up. That is honestly <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, the fucking, the fucking deep fake bit. With getting the, oh my the torture guy's face onto the idol's body was so funny. Oh, it was just it was just awesome. And I will say, um, so my big narrative confession is that I have never been a Shizu X Isaiah fan. Never done it for me. However, mm. the f fucking um, the the blonde cop and the black hair cop, their yep. bits yeah. were so. <laughs> there we go. The little punch at the end was just so like yeah. I love when Naruto plays that song so again, and he's just tweaked it a little bit. 
Just yeah, he's got that. he's got the guy with black hair and the guy with blonde hair, and at yep. least one of them is a cop or a yep. a some sort of justice enforcement official. Yeah, and then they have tension. <laughs> they they worked so well. I also like how um, Takuya managed to achieve nothing, and his like action shot in the opening is him just sweating at his computer, not being able to do anything. Yeah, he does not do a lot of anything. God bless it's him. It's fine. He's funny. He doesn't get his shit broke a lot, which is cool. We got his backstory this season, we and did. then he kind of just like sat at the computer. Yeah. Yep, and then and then he went to a uh, type expansion domain of words. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I re- okay. So we're talking around it a lot, but Deadbound Deathplay. I think we talked about season one previously on the podcast in the seasonal yeah. recap. Um, but now, um, with the second core, we now have more of a complete two seasons of anime, and I will hardly recommend this to anybody who is A, a fan of Naruto's other work, in which case you might already know about this, or B, I would say anyone who liked, um, and this might sound weird, but if you liked, um, The World Ends With You, if you liked Danganronpa, Mm. I would Mm. recommend this to you. It's the same kind of weirdness with just a lot more genuine complexity going on in a way that's very fun. And, um, I, once again, a show that handles a smaller budget very well, I would say, also. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I hope Going off model three... is very funny. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think season three, if they don't, I'm pretty satisfied with what we've got. Uh, and yeah. pretty well thematically. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I would say so. And speaking of ending the section thematically, Mal, what's up next? Um, up next, we have... Let's talk about... Let's talk about... Okay, so this is a tricky one, because it's not done airing. Free Ren. Let's let's address the elephant here. Let's talk about oh. Free Ren. Okay, so... Free Ren, um... A.K.A. Free Ren's Journey. Tabi no Free Ren. Not the name of the show. Um, <laughs> free Ren no Tabi. Um, not the name of the show. Joso? What is it? So, free so Ren no Joso? So, so. Fucking hell. Free Ren no Joso. Okay, fine. What, I'm trying to lighten the mood because we're about to get we're about to start saying really hateful stuff to each other. I think yeah, probably. Probably. Um, so Free Ren started airing kind of like mid the previous season, and so now it's at like episode eighteen no, out it of just like dropped 20... five at once. Oh, it dropped at five at once. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, how the fuck did the count get here? Yeah. So they sort of did a, kind of an Oshinoko esque move in dropping a larger, like, intro to sort of get a, a amount of backstory built up and then to launch you into the show itself. So we're at episode 18 out of 28, so we're, like, one and a half cores in to, like, a 2.3 core show. It's a really weird one. Um, it's a weird one. It's, it's a weird one. It's a one. number of episodes. I think this one's been really puzzling for me to watch and also look at, like, my Twitter timeline um, in real time because people are either... Um, enjoying this show at like a 7 out of 10 rate with like a lot of funny drawings and fan art or people are virulently mad about this show like I have not seen in a long time and I am proud to be in the 6 out of 10 very watchable enjoyable mid uh, category Ronka what's up what's up with the hating on this show like well like what why is it so angering um well I'm just glad to make goblin slap women I think that's finally equality is there, are we really talking about she's racist? Is that really the no, big deal here? No, I wish she was more racist because the show would be interesting. <laughs> okay, so she's not racist enough for you. She's, I, well, so, <laughs> yeah, kind of, okay. Freeman is just a show that, like, I thought the first three episodes in that five episode drop were really good. I was like, this is oh, pretty yep. good. I can see why people have been said, rank you to tap into Freeman. And then it became very apparent. That's all it had in the tank. 
all it had in the tank was, remember when Himmel said, you'll be sad one day? And everyone went, huh, maybe I'll be sad one day. And it's just that so many times, interspersed with, like, fairy tale on Xanax. And I just, it's so fucking boring. I, like, it's, it's rare that, like, I actually drop a show this heavily in. The last episode I watched was the one with the Stark uh, pretending to be that guy's dead son. Okay, um, so like two episodes ago or so. Yeah, or and yeah, that yeah. wasn't even a bad episode, but I was just like, no, I don't, I don't care. And also because like, I think like the thing I'd assume is also assume that like um they've been traveling together for like ten or fifteen years, and it was like three. And I was like, oh, that's that's less exciting than I thought. Well, they look the fucking same. Like like Fern would look <laughs> yeah, but it's Freeran. So I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, Freeran is all about what if people who look the exact fucking same joined your party again? <laughs> okay, fair enough. I get you. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. Sorry. I think I think it's just, I I have other problems. I think my problem is that like I don't think it's like like eh, I, putting aside the demon ox, I do think is quite bad for a number of reasons. But it's different to the rest of the show because so I'm going to put that aside. I think the main problem is it's like it's paced like it's trying to say something real smart, but it just doesn't have that much to say, and that's just a really infuriating place for a show to be. I see. So the show comes off as pretentious rather than simply bland. Yeah, I don't. I, I, but also thing, is bland. Yeah, I think pretentious is like again. If I it know was it's more, a dumb word. I know. I know no, it's no, no. It's not a dumb word. It's just like I. I think it's the point. It kind of doesn't put on enough airs. It has like the pacing of something that's putting on airs, but in its actual execution, it's it. It kind of acts like you haven't seen it before, and it's saying something fresh. It's like going, "Aha! Have you thought about this?" I'm like. Yes, because you just asked me the same thing ten times in a row. Like, it... Oh, I don't know. It, it really felt like it was... It's just frustrating. I'll stick with fair. frustrating. I get you. But Iris. Um, Spirit Iris, of defense, I, think you're, I, th I think you're the biggest fan of Free Run in this room. Not not to, yeah. not to mark you or anything. I I like it. Um, I I don't think it's, like, a perfect show. Uh, I But I, similarly to Mal, have been really baffled by people's criticisms of it, especially because I've heard lots of different things from lots of different people as to why they dropped it. And I'm not going to single out any individual thing that anyone has told me, but like, Ronka, you're not the first person who's told me that like, you feel like it, it ran out of gas in, in the, the first few episodes. Um, I, I guess my thing with it is that I have like zero expectations for the show at any given time and <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. Shite, then yeah i guess i guess you'll be just you'll be oh Ronka, how many shite. times have you used that exact argument Don't even <laughs> i i i always actually think the best of things i'm actually a really positive person it's because i know hatred that I know love. <laughs> oh my god okay. okay fair fair okay all right settle down settle down all right anyways um i have been enjoying it as like an episodic experience and yeah each episode is kind of similar, but, like, I don't know, it strikes, like, a similar tone as, like, a Star Trek <laughs> does. Yeah, this is, like, this is, this is, um, uh, I think people, like, uh, X-Files, you know, like, yeah. that sort of, like, every, like, like, the average X-Files episode is a fucking six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then and once it, like, in a while, they have a nine, and once in a while, they have, like, a two. <laughs> yeah. And they have, they have the, the, like... They have, like, a consistent narrative arc, and it's, I don't know, it never really feels like it's trying to say anything new, but I, I do enjoy the show, and I think that, like, 
at the bare minimum, as far as, like, being a meditation on, like, how people stick around in your life after they die, I think that that part is, it at least reads as very effective to me as somebody who's, who's had to deal with a lot of that recently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it it's not perfect, but I, I don't get why people... I don't know. I would say that um, if you drop free run, I totally understand. But if you have the patience to stick it out, it it is pretty soothing. It is like a little bit um, fantasy anime ASMR, but like I like that. Um, it's nice to see one of those that isn't like repulsive in some other way. Yeah, to be totally. With you. Yeah. Um, like, I think that calling it Goblin Slayer for girls is a little bit harsh, because Goblin Slayer is genuinely, like, offensive in multiple ways. Um, Freerun is mildly offensive at best. Like... I I do think the other thing that, like, is probably why I would not say this, I do think it's aesthetics. Not, like, it's animation is pretty. I actually like the simplified line drawing style they have, and it's very Yeah, you know what? Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a wise, it's a wise fantasy anime setting that is able to go, you know what was really good? Dragon Quest. Let's just fucking go for it. Oh god, I fucking hated that. That's my problem with it. I was like, there's nothing in this, like, it's a travelogue show, but everywhere they go to is, like, the second town in, like, a SNES JRPG. Yeah, I I like that. Yeah, that's, (laughs) I think that that's what a lot of those towns might look like. I don't know. I'm kind of in. No, but, this but feels like, like the, the, thing, the, back the thing rooms. about the SNS JRPG <laughs> is that like, it's like by the fourth town, something really weird has happened, and the show is like they're just in the second town. It's the entire show of second towns, and I, I don't know. I again, okay. yeah, I do, I do think. Well, that... Ranka, the world is kind of made of second towns, and uh, and I think also you can still have uh, interesting it's thoughts and reminiscences about, in second towns. It's a cartoon towns. about an elf. I know it's a cartoon, and you know what? It's okay. <laughs> I, I just, I just think the Cardio Not the Elf could have more interesting things going on. Like, I'm not, I'm not expecting, I don't know, what's a really good looking, like, like, okay, so obviously, like, there's the high water mark of like a high banner and or whatever, which is like, I don't expect this yes. to be that good, but like, or like a yeah, Mushishi, I, dare I say? Oh, I find Mushishi also quite boring, but like a different okay. kind of. Boring. Oh. But like, I, I guess what I want is like, I want that like. Final Fantasy X level of like weirdness. Like it's not oh like super God. strange. Okay. But like right. you're asking for a different show if you're asking for Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X. No, Final Fantasy X is literally about a party wandering around while they Where think about the a dead guy. Where is the idol group? I've been watching Freerun for 18 episodes and there's no idol. No, group. that's that's in Ten Two. So that's been through in season two. Oh, I, I didn't guess. know those were different games. Sorry, my bad. Okay. No, t- Ten is like bad. Ex- ex- sorry. T- Ten is like actually the one that I actually have the one. It's the one that's about the party. Who are partially composed of people who died in the previous event, uh, people who knew people who died in the previous adventuring party, going on a long pilgrimage. So it's actually yeah. kind of oh, okay. It's okay. actually really interesting. I apologize. No, it's, 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 it's just ap- the same premise. It turns out it's an apt comparison point, but like the difference here is that Final Fantasy X has like some truly incredible visuals, mm. um, like but it's got this like completely unique of the era Final Fantasy world, yeah. I don't necessarily blame Freerun for having a very straightforward fantasy setting, and I do think it makes stuff like explaining the magic system, which I've heard people say they didn't like, but I personally did, 
um, like a lot more interesting mm. because it it puts into contrast how it differs from the average fantasy world. Like, regardless of what else you have to say about the show, I do think the reveal that humans learned the demon oh, lord's that was like cool. ultimate killing spell that, as now it's basic kind of attack effect. magic was very cool. No, that was neat. That was like I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. That was an interesting concept. Um, yeah, like I don't know, I I. Like I don't hate Furin because it's too boring to hate. I'm just like I. I just yeah, that, wish, yeah, yeah, yeah. wish it was interesting. Um, and the like action it. is like genuinely not very good, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why there hasn't been that much of it. And I like there's it. been a ton like of it more for some reason. There's... Why does everyone think that? Like I, I have not been like I, I don't know. The the action has been such a non element in this show, especially in the last like five or six episodes. Like you see stuff die off screen as like, like all they, the time. I... Like, yeah, I think the last time I'm, they I'm had a fight was, like was the town. The town was like four episodes of them fighting. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The town was a lot of fighting and it was very dense. And it was also okay. The, t- I, the the thing is, I get it if the town turned anyone off the show because it was the most problematic part where she's just like, ah, I was right. They're all bad people, the demons. <laughs> um, and to her, you know, she is right. I mean, they were. Um, but uh, <laughs> also, it's like four episodes straight of like the worst part of the show with one cool culminating thing that you kind of knew was going to happen the whole time. And I think that the yeah. payoff doesn't really cash in on like the build up to it. But everything since the town, I have been like pretty keen on again, frankly. Fair enough. Oh, uh, yeah. Like it, it's I back know. to being a completely enjoyable mid travelogue, which I uh, like, actually. Yeah, I've been keen okay. on all of it except the weird heterosexuality, which does feel forced. Oh, come I, on now. I'm not even going to... I was going to not talk about it. I dislike that, but that's, that, again, I accept as it is a personal... Yeah, <laughs> that's my personal issue with it. Uh, I yeah. just think it's okay. weird every time they're like, oh, by the way, uh, Fern and Stark, you guys should really hang out. <laughs> well, okay, to be fair, have... Sion did leave. He did leave. He did oh, leave. that was awesome. Uh... <laughs> That, I actually I loved that uh, the weird priest character that shows up that was the moment where I was like oh I might not be able to stick with this and then he leaves and I was like oh that's cool he just he goes away he goes on goes on and does his own thing and I, I hope they do more like that where like people float in and out of the party I'm sorry my um, other, closing thoughts my, my, oh, okay I guess my other closing thought can be summed up is like we also need to fucking like stop making Yoasabi do anime openings because this is like the third one in the row that's just, it's the plot of the show. She's yeah. just saying, Ayase is just saying the plot of the show, and Ayase is the composer. The, the lady who sings is just saying, it's a show about an elf, and she's on a journey, but she's a bit sad. <laughs> elf on journey. <laughs> I will say, I think the OP has one of my favorite uh, individual shots where it's um the culminating shot of the OP where it's the... Um, the other party moving before her and the other party moving out behind her and then it's just sort of split screens to being in the middle i like that mm. shot it's very That's simple cool and shot. obvious but i think it works very well yeah we gotta talk about more shows okay yeah uh, moving on from free run it's mid uh don't watch it who cares um that was my pick. i think you should watch it okay ronco name a show pick Is one that we haven't seen probably okay uh, iris uh, name a show someone oh, name a show Okay, I'll run down some shit that I don't think any of you watched. I Yay. watched Bakura no Ameiro Protocol, uh, R-rated okay. protocol, the baffling esports vaguely romance anime from last <laughs> season. Uh, I Okay, this show is like, kind of intriguing because it's about them playing made-up hero shooter Counter-Strike. Uh, okay, cool. And they made their own game for it that looks like 
like not modern Counter Strike. It looks like Counter Strike Source. It looks ugly as shit, and a lot of the show is them playing this really ugly as shit video game, and it's kind of incredible. Um, if you've not seen any of the clips from it, um, I I can't link an entire clip from it now because it is a podcast and people can't see it. Uh, but there's I'll probably post it on the podcast uh, account later. I'll probably show it to the two during the break. It's a very strange show. Um, I was actually quite charmed by it because it was like the good kind of Kuso C list. Um, but it's a Kuso C-list show. I think if it come out like 10 to 15 years ago, it would have been a bit of a meme. But these days, people don't even care about those sorts of shows anymore. Um, I watched um, Hametsu no Okoku, or The Kingdoms of Destruction. A like truly bizarre, grim shonen about um, a guy trying to basically get revenge on the entire human race for um, killing his wife, his like weird witch wife mother um Ooh. it's so weird it's like it's like kind of genuinely foul not in not luckily not in like a sexual assault kind of way just almost like horrible violence happening constantly um mm-hmm. and full of dislikable characters it's kind of like what if helsing but like everyone was a dick like they were just okay. all dicks the entire time i think it's really compelling uh i think a lot of people bounced off it because it is just like genuinely if 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 you cannot deal with a show where you don't like anyone there's nothing for you here. It's just, I think, a show that's... It's sort of like, the Shibuya incident, but if everyone was a demon... I don't know. It's mm. really interesting. Uh, okay, but cool. definitely huh. not a show I can imagine hitting for everyone. Uh, I watched Hikikomari Kyuketsuki no Monmon, or The Shut-In Vampire Countess's Vexations. Uh-huh. Uh, this was, I think, what I think people wanted G-Witch to be. Um, insane what? political thriller about what if there was a girl who accidentally was the most powerful but wasn't really aware of it and then gets caught up in the most like 5D nonsense family dead mother politics possible um it I seems just wanna, like i just want to say everyone i don't fact check what ranka says on these episodes <laughs> when it's like shows i didn't see um, it's it's crazy i, I have to just trust them it's i i think if you, if you like the kind of extremely convoluted horizon style light novel things but wish it was just yuri <sighs> horizon kind of hits oh okay oh would, wait no that sounds it. awesome what the fuck yeah it's it's oh, pretty fun jesus oh. damn it so yeah that was pretty neat um and finally i think of stuff that i don't think you two watched uh, oh wait there's a couple more probably uh did you guys watch um bullbuster at all no, no I but I've been obsessed though. with Ballbusters <laughs> by Studio Nut. I think that's the Studio funniest Nut. name studio combination of it's all so time. Good. Uh, and oh, it's a really charming a mecha show that's sort of about like the industrial side of making mecha in a kind of a very boring context. Like, it was Die Guard like, okay. two decades ago, but this is like more down to earth than that. It's about like wow, okay. robots that are basically construction equipment. Uh, huh. Really charming, really interesting. Reminds me a bit of um, a uh, not Battery Man's Club, the Badminton Sally Man Show. Yeah, yeah, Battery Man. Okay, was it? um, it's pretty decent. I would, I would recommend that if you like what you've heard about that. Um, and then I think finally, of stuff that I know you guys definitely didn't watch, I've started still need to keep up with it, but it's also two cores because there's like four or five two core shows this season, which is cool. Yeah, um, Firefighter Daigo. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I saw this. It looked interesting, interesting. but I, uh, yeah, I, I, we just did not have time for it. But this yeah. was the firefighter, uh, like, yeah. um, slice of life anime. Right? It's a slice of life, right? I, or like, I would say it's kind of like a firefighting shonen in that it's, it's like, oh. quite genuinely about here's how you train, here's how you deal in a situation, in like a serious situation. It's like, 
There was like a nineties manga, and then there was like a modern sequel. And I think this is, and the original nineties manga never got a proper adaptation. So I think this is like adapting the modern one, but also including some stuff from the original, sort of thing. Okay, que- question that you have context for. Okay, I was thinking it looked like Hakozume for firefighters. It's no, it's more focused on the actual work than. Hakozume. Okay, that's that's interesting. Uh, it's 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 a bit more serious and plot focused than that. Sadly, nothing will ever be Hakuzume again. Did you know <laughs> the director of Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust did key animation on on Hakuzume? I did wow. know that, actually. That's cool. It's crazy. Um, okay, and then finally, of stuff that you guys definitely haven't watched, um, did you watch any of Apocalypse Diaries? No, Kus- no. Kusurio Hitorigoto. Great court drama. Uh, really funny. Really well done. Uh, I think this is that you would appreciate, Iris. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I've heard, I, people have recommended it to me. Um, I just, I watch a lot of my anime with Mal, and then I, I work. (laughs) So, I, I don't, I don't necessarily have time for everything that looks cool, but it is on my radar. Um. It's neat. And then, oh, I guess there is one more show that I assume neither of you two watched. Uh, I will talk about this one briefly. I watched Otana Precure. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm really curious about this. Please tell me. Because I have not seen this based off of Fresh... Uh, yes. As in, it's based off of Yes Breaker, or Yes is based, based off of Yes Breaker. Okay, alright, it's based off of Yes Breaker. And also Splash Star. Uh, okay. And also a bit of Fratariwa, because they do some really weird things here. Really? not good. Oh it's, dear, okay. This show I, is, yeah, uh, whenever I see a show like this with like a concept that is unbelievable, and then no one talks about it, I assume it ha- ended up really badly, and everyone wants to forget about it. It starts pretty... Okay, so, like, I think some of the complaints people have is that, like, the pet pairing from the original Yes Precure 5 gets canonized, but, like, I actually think it's a pretty cute pairing. It has a really weird age gap, but aside from that, I'm like, that's fine. Like, I, I mean, that's part of the course, baby. Respect, the course, your, yeah. respect your origins, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, and the most popular GL ship gets a focus episode, which is kind of explicitly romantic, so oh, you're good for them. Uh, then cool. everything after that is... Either extremely boring, baffling in that the like um, the funny kind of chill tall green one uh, doesn't really get a focus episode. She goes and talks to Cure Black from Futariwa's grandmother about World War Two for an entire episode. It's like I was watching fucking Godzilla minus one. Nice. Um, <laughs> no, not nice. Oh, oh, sorry. It was like watching Godzilla minus one in the ways that are like, why did you put this in a movie? Yeah, it's no, it's, it's like okay. the second half of Godzilla minus one, not the first half of Godzilla minus one. Heard, heard. <laughs> um, then and then it just like ends on so. Oh, but except the Splash Star stuff, where which feels like, have you ever read those like Dojinshi? Bait, that's like an adult life Dojinshi based off a series you like where like one of the characters is getting straight married and the other one is like killing herself over it oh yeah, yeah, yes. those, yeah. <laughs> so they did that with the Splash Star Girls um, no. and it's like <laughs> so insane and like so almost raw feeling that I almost feel like it's meant to make you feel bad on purpose and also there's an amazing bit because the Splash Star Girls have to hold hands to transform and there's a bit like where like the one who is Kalista in love with the other one's like, Mai, no, Saki, we've got to hold hands. And Mai's like, no, no, da, da. She's like, so Mai's like, Saki, we've got to hold hands. And Saki's like, no, we can't do that anymore. We're not kids anymore. I'm not a precure anymore. We can't hold hands. I was just like, this is, this is psychotic. I, I don't know. But at least those parts of the show were interesting. Everything else was like, it wasn't uh, Yohane in the mirror, levels of bad, but mm. it was not... Oh, the fact that you're even bringing that up is really upsetting. 
it's it is that level of like oh like it just feels like did the people who wrote this actually like the original at all it was kind of the vibe I got by the end uh, so yeah pretty skippable there is a reason why people stopped talking about it after like the good GL episode early on uh, uh, yeah alright I think that's everything that you're no do- oh oh sorry Sorry, I I have another thing. If okay. you are if you are done, sure. Did you, Ranga? Did you watch Pluto? Oh no, fuck! Manga. Yeah, Pluto was awesome. Yeah, Pluto fuck. was awesome. <laughs> I... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Fair enough. I I just wanted to make sure we got this before we move off of talking about seasonal shows because I have been waiting for this show for like a it was, long it was time. Like twenty eighteen, wasn't it? Yeah, it was announced. I may have been announced before then. Um, I remember it being a classic of like fake seasonal charts charts on 4chan where people would be like, there is a Pluto anime coming out. Um, Anyways, it was one of those things where I got taken on this like production roller coaster as I was doing it. I was like, oh, Pluto anime. Oh, it's a Netflix original. Oh, Urasara is (laughs) working on it. And then... Like, we watched it. I watched it with Mal, and um, we watched it, like, in chunks, because each episode is an hour long. Mm. And it's great. It is a super faithful adaptation of the manga. It's, like, eight-hour-long episodes that each correspond to one of the volumes of the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, it has uh, incredible music a really really good use of mixed animation styles lots of nice mm-hmm. 2d mixed with some really gorgeous 3d effects um and um is i think the first netflix thing that i've seen where i did not immediately think like okay if something goes right to netflix it's cooked like oh i disagree <laughs> i think netflix anime is actually pretty consistently good Okay, yeah, but then they don't make a second season ever, and then it gets buried. I'm still mad about. I'm. I'll be mad about Dora also... forever. Oh, the Dora. Okay, well Dora Hedera was was about that one was pretty rough. But like, um, editor's note here: we recorded this literally the day before they announced season two of Dora Hedera continuing on Netflix. You're welcome, everybody. We did it. We breathed it into existence. Okay, bye. <laughs> But like Bastard's getting a season three, so I don't mind. <laughs> true, true. Okay, all right, enjoyer, all right. Okay. <laughs> the, the bastard enjoyer is still here, um, but yeah, I thought Pluto was f- fucking awesome, and honestly, like the type of show to show your family members who are like, I don't know if I like anime. Like, you show them Pluto, they'll like Pluto. Anyone... Yeah, this is my go-to thing I can say to all the boys at work who watch cartoons on Netflix to watch an anime that's actually good. Yeah. And I love it for that. Um, but also, fucking really good show. Yeah. Uh, I was never that big on the manga, so I didn't watch the anime. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, hey, that's fair. I, I, I'm like, I think the manga is really good at what it is. I just kind of wish Durasawa had kind of flipped the script a bit more, but I understand for him it was probably a dream project to not flip the script, so I, I get it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, final show, which I did watch. I'm not sure if you guys did. Uh, Undead Unlock. I heard good no, things about No, but I heard really, really good things good. about it. It's re- like, I've heard nothing but, I heard it was like the worst thing in Shonen Jump for years. 
and wow. I saw it, I was like, this is like the best opening episode of a show I've seen in years. Um, and then I just kept watching, I was like, this is really good, and like, it's like, it's very, sh okay, so David production is partially formed from people from Shaft, right? Oh. I believe that to be yes. true. It's David Pro? It's David Pro, and it's David Pro. I think it's David Pro. David Pro are definitely in the credits, and they are definitely involved with it. And it does. Ha, ha, it, ha, it's surprising. Uh, fact check, fact check. Former Gonzo oh, okay. producers Koji Kajita and Taito oh, Okiuda. It's Gonzo. Yeah, so Dave, David Pro has uh, Shaft leftovers and Gonzo leftovers on it. Because oh. I know that a lot of, um, like, uh, Shinbo apprentices did the Fire Force anime, which is why it looks so good. Um, so I'm 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 just very pleased to hear that. Honestly, yes, I, I like Yuki Yase is the prominent Shaft um, um, former director who um, yeah. debuted with Hitamari Sketch Honeycomb. Wait, oh, nice. so so Yuki Yase is the director of uh, Undead Unlock. Fire. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh so, yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's a proper fucking show. Wow. Okay, like, so it's, it's good. Baller. Yeah, no, it, it, it <laughs> okay, looks cool. like a like really high budget shaft does a shonen jump manga, but it's the shonen jump manga which is like actually has kind of interesting views on sex and relationships, in my opinion. I know some people don't like what it says about that, but like I think I think it depends a lot on how attractive you find the main character. I think he's very attractive. If you don't, you might not work for you as well. Um, he is kind of a, a nude stud from what I've heard. He's yeah. a nude. Oh, he's a nude stud. He's great, and he's 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 cool. I fucking love him. Uh, so yeah, Undead Unlock, uh, really good. Definitely my show in the season, uh, and it's the one we're talking least about. But Shy is a very mm -hmm. close second place. Okay, cool. Um, we should also mention a show that we, uh, me and Iris, dropped. We uh, started watching Hundred Girlfriends. Oh yes, I am like halfway through that. <laughs> yeah, it's we funny. we all we also are forever. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> what what got you? Uh, uh, nothing happened. I think one day Iris just goes, Can we, we don't have to watch this. I was like, oh, okay. And then we just stopped. <laughs> it's like a five. Yeah. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm going to be real. I read the manga, and I think it's just one of those things where a lot of the jokes hit better when they're not in anime format. That's like, bad. the timing is... It's it's like um, it's like the Spy Family show to mm. me, where I'm like... Ooh. I'm like, I think that this is trying to wring too much plot out of a manga that I enjoyed because it was primarily comedy. Okay. Like, um, I think that the, the, it, it, it suffers from the needing to adapt whole chapters into episodes thing where like, there is usually a mix of like, um, sentimentality and very high key goofiness in mm -hmm. the hundred girlfriends manga where it'll like, it, it, it plays off of... I think that the main conceit of it being, like, a harem show is one of those things that would get old in the manga if the jokes were not so, like, funny to me. Yeah. But the it, it, the, the timing gets thrown off when, it, when it's in the show and it becomes much more of, like, a harem romance. So it just mm. didn't... It didn't hit for me in the same way and I wasn't feeling it. That's, that's fair. I will say, as, as an anime-only person, I would say the comic timing is still there. Like, I don't think, like, it's not like a spy family where, like, why why is this? But, like, I have not read the manga, but I can tell something's wrong. This one's like, mm -hmm. this is pretty good. And I think the the liar game joke is still one of, probably the funniest <laughs> thing this season. Liar game joke is very funny, actually. Fun memory. Uh, but I, I, I can... I don't know. I like the, uh, I like the girl who talks on her cell phone getting stranded in the swimming pool. That's <laughs> that still... That was also pretty good. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I I'm, I think it's pretty decent. Um, I'll probably finish it at some point. Uh, but yeah, that that checks out. Um, my uh, thoughts are of... that I enjoyed it, and then Iris said, "Let's stop watching it," and I said, "Okay," and I had no issues. <laughs> Sometimes there <laughs> shows like that. Watching it. Yeah, you know, it's fine. It it is uh, very literally take it or leave it for me. Uh, speaking of harem shows that we watched Uh-oh. or uh, takes on successful harem shows previously, Mal, do you want to talk about Science Saru's Canadian anime this season? Oh god, oh, yeah, god. I guess that counts, eh? <laughs> it does. Fuck, I, I didn't even. Is it? Hold up, I have to make sure it's on. Kitsu yeah, no, that's that... recorded on my anime log. That definitely came out this season. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim did come out this season. Um, it's not on my anime list, so it's not an anime, unfortunately. No, it counts. It's by Science Saru. It's an anime. Sorry, I just I, I'm an idiot. Um. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes off. I'll be taking the wheels on this one. Thanks, everybody. Um, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Even if you're familiar with the story of Scott Pilgrim, be it the movie or the original comics or manga uh, by Brian Lee O'Malley. Um, great guy. His homemade limoncello is outstanding. Um, really nice guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, the joke is not funny. <laughs> Uh, if you're even if you're familiar with uh, the comic or the movie, I do not want to spoil this for you. I guess the spoiler I will say is that it's different. It's really different. I thought that was cool. Um, I don't know what I can even say about this without giving away the entire game. Um, I will do we want to just can we spoiler this we spoiler one because this it's Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I think I think if you give a shit, you've probably already seen it. So I'm comfortable. Ronka, yeah, where are you at? It. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, no, you want to watch it, right? I'm not. No, no, Ronka, you're my friend. You're my friend. I'm not spoiling it oh, for you. Oh, hold on. Ronka, you're my friend. Okay, I'm not spoiling it for you. All right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'll have nothing to add, so I could just like go away for a second if you want to talk about it. Well, no, I'll talk about it for a second. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh. Okay. I think. Um, I think I said this to you, Ranka, actually. I'm remembering now. This is my pitch to you. Um, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is in direct dialogue with, um, Haruhi. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, that's actually kind of true. It's kind of true. Did, I don't think did, it's actually a joke. Did flowers bl- disappear? I mean, like, I don't want to say it. It's like, ep- <laughs> episode two, you'll find out someone Fair fucking enough. disappeared. Um, the direction's great. I really appreciate them sticking to on model. I think it's the kind of style that Science Saru is so equipped to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, really, really beautiful looking show. Lots of fun effects. Uh, a ton of original songs. Uh, Metric released an EP this year that my dad told me about um, before I realized that it was all songs from this show. Because <laughs> um, my dad is still tapped in on the Emily Haynes uh, RSS feeds. You know he's he's logged into the Canadian indie, indie, indie scene. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, fun fucking music. Really fun. Ca- amazing list of cameos. Like, voice actors and comedians from across a ton of shit are in this who were not in the original m- movies. I think the returning voice cast is strong as well. People were really griping about how Michael Sarah is a bad cast for Scott. But I think he's actually a better voice cast than he was a live action cast. And I think he sounds great here. Oh. Yeah, his his voice acting is really like he sounds really different than he sounds I'm more used to comfortable in this yeah. role than he ever looked. Yes, it's kind of surprising. <laughs> I, I feel that way about a lot of the voice cast. Actually, Mary Elizabeth Winstead also sounds natural as fuck um, in this one as well. Yeah, really. Yeah, honestly, I do recommend uh, Chris watching Hemsworth it. too. Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is so funny. 
He's so good. Yeah, uh, everyone is back. I don't know what else I can say about this with no spoilers. But I'll say everyone is back. I heavily recommend this if you are a fan of Scott Pilgrim. If you aren't, I don't think you should watch this without prior without prior knowledge. And I also don't know how much you get out of it. Um, I think it would be weird to watch this first. So definitely if you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim, don't tap in until you have seen it. And if you don't care to tap in, then that's totally cool and we can still be friends. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Really fun show. Very, very fun show. And there's gay stuff. There is, actually. There's a fair bit. There's a fair bit. There's a fair bit of gay huh. stuff. There's, like, actually, like, a... Uh, there's more gay stuff than was in any of the other uh, Scott Pilgrims, including the comics, which have more gay stuff than people expect in them. That's true. That's all actually facts. So it's Literally, like Iris it's all isn't true. Canadian. Iris is not Canadian, but in a lot of but, ways, but Toronto so and Boston coded. are sister cities. <laughs> Hey, it's very true. <laughs> Toronto, Boston, and Chicago form what's called the Triangle of the Eastern Midwest. <laughs> and it's a really important part of society that no one ever talks about on Twitter or anything. It's always just New York, right? But yeah, these are good. the three greatest cities in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> we so all, true! <laughs> we all stand tall. We all stand strong. I listened to Saba this morning, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, that's, I, I think that that's everything now. Any other any other shows? Any other shows? I think, I think that's it. I believe that. I, th- I think we covered them. Okay. Unless anyone want, wants to talk about how uh, Attack on Titan finally ended, I don't watch that show. I don't that's watch it. that I don't show. this time. That. Good for them. Did it actually end for real? Yeah, I'm tired of it actually this ended it being for not real. true. I'm really tired of this not being true. Okay. Because so they, cool. they aired the movie that was a finale to the second part of their final season. So it was... Or whatever s- they called it. I think like, it was season four, part three, part three? Yes. Something like that. It's, okay, it's really we, we are not talking about Attack on Titan. It's okay. <laughs> no, we're None not. None of us watched it. Who gives a fuck? Um... That was about an hour. Let's actually take a break here, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss our year, our the year in review, and our favorite shows from the year. Okay, sounds good. Alrighty. Okay, be right back. back we've talked about fall 2023 and now let's take a tumble through the entire year let's fall backwards through all of 2023 mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know if we've have we done like a year recap before. I feel like no, we kind of missed really. it last year. I don't think we really do yeah. them. Yeah, I guess we've had like two chances and we just haven't because uh, I know. I, I think for twenty twenty one, it wasn't like we hadn't like talked about. Yeah, seasons. You know, yeah, the podcast wasn't around for all twenty twenty one. I that's think that's true. That's true. Um. But yeah, you know, I was like, let's do this. Let's do a year recap. It is the season. You know, it's year-end season. Yep. It's year-beginning season, also. Go to the spring um, cleaning. Yup. Spring cleaning. Back in winter. Um, so, I guess... I guess let's open up with a very vague discussion. And this is a great way to start a discussion on a podcast. Okay. Let's get really vague real quick. Discussion. That's awesome, yeah. Was there any things, any stuff in 2023 anime that we noticed, or that we wanted to stop, or that we wanted to comment on? I think 2023 was pretty good. I'm, I'm going to say that. I don't think it's... I, I have a couple of notes in terms of some things to talk about, but like I would say overall, this was a pretty solid year for anime. I think we had like a really nice resurgence of originals. I think we had more and more... They don't make shows like this anymore, shows. Which makes you yeah, think... Yeah, really, I got to say that a lot. They still do make shows like this. Um, yeah. and They making show. They shows we're getting more long shows, more second seasons just confirmed. Um, yeah. Even in some baffling cases, like High Card Season 2, baby. It's airing Woo! this week. Oh my I'm god. so excited. Hashtag most anticipated. Get hype, get hype, get hype. It, it, is, it is up there for me. And yeah, in general, like, obviously, I think every year I'd say, maybe Isekai is dying. I don't think it's dying, but I do think we're getting to the point now where... And this is kind of trying to say as I'm a, I'm a big fan of one of these genres, but uh, it's kind of getting to the place where, like, Mecha was for a lot of the 2000s, where there's, like, one or two or three every season and just be that only really for fans. They aren't really, like, controlling the conversation in the same way that, obviously, yeah. like, Evangelion and whatnot would control it in, like, the 90s and, like, in the mid-2010s, you know, we had good, like, actually good ones like ReZero and also stuff like Konosuba. And yes. I think these days, you know, there's all these fucking... Guys, no one's fucking watching. I'm a sal. I'm a handyman, and I'm really handy in another world. Or I'm a vending machine <laughs> in another world. Or I'm my cell phone in another world. My cell phone. Yeah, I got. I, I, yeah, I got my money in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm popping bottles in another world. I'm popping champagne in another world. Yep. I want to see you dance in another world. <laughs> uh, What's so that? No sex in another world. I break all rules. Okay. That's enough references to pop champagne. Pop champagne. <laughs> pop champagne in another world. Um, <laughs> okay, enough of that. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that it's been nice to see like that sort of flatten out and become just like a pleasant background radiation to the list of shows each season. And yeah, it's down to like one or two a season, which is like totally i'm totally okay with there being one or two yeah. random fucking backwash isekais every season it's yeah. okay with me yeah and like as long as i don't have to watch them exactly and like after that like i may not soften them i had earlier this year i did rewatch. well i've watched through for the first time shakugan no shadow which is actually really bad and it turns out what things oh, no weren't way. better back then they were just like more interesting bad but like that show was like genuinely awful so <laughs> I'm the index liker, so when I say that, you know, it's got to be bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I got you. I hear you. I have a lot of patience for some stupid fucking shit. Um, when you mentioned Horizon earlier, I honestly got so nostalgic. Oh, no. Horizon, Horizon <laughs> is, like, the good type. And I think there have been a few of those good light novel action anime have, like, popped up again this year, which is was really, you know, I like those things. So I am glad for stuff like uh, Hikikomari Kuketsuki 
Uh, and a high card has a bit of that energy as well. Obviously, not basically yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was it was a generally pretty good uh, year for anime. And also, interestingly, um, a lot of actual Yuri shows. Like, yeah. which I like honestly, I don't care that much about because I read manga, and also like I've sort of become the sort of person who actually thinks subtext is better than text, and I don't actually think that, but uh, <laughs> a little bit. Um, so I don't necessarily... Subtext can become... Subtext is more unsullied than text some of the time. So, yes. That's that's about right. Yeah. But I will say, yeah. as someone who I think watched quite a lot of those shows, I pretty much liked all of them. Um, yeah. Like, Yuri, Yuri Goto stands out to me. I was yeah. about to say... Uh, Yuri's My Job was nice. Um, that uh, The Vampire Countess show I was talking about was a lot of fun. And I was actually really fond of uh, the Magical Revolution show at the start of the year, uh, which I don't think oh, yeah. you tapped into, but was actually, like, a lot smarter and more complete and earnest than I expected, uh, despite technically being an isekai, but not really. And it, you could, I think it's, like, it's only really an isekai there for the SEO, and I think you could just remove that part from the show, because it's, like, a reincarnation thing that matters literally once in 12 episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was my favourite of them. I don't know. In general, they were they were fun. They were neat. They aren't like the kind of GL that I mark out for, but it was cool. Yeah. That they were being adapted. Um, nice, cool. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I think as far as general thoughts, that's pretty salient. I'm really excited about seeing more things get a second season because mm. I am so much more patient to watch something really mid just continue to like peter on for another whole season if it might get interesting like i don't know you know what i mean like i am so against like investing 12 episodes into something that seems like it's shot in the dark because i think the odds of it landing that are so much lower yes but I, weirdly enough i'm way more interested in investing two seasons into a show that seems weird as fuck because it might turn out really cool that's sort yeah. of fair yeah you know like I, I i at at minimum it feels like a very different change of pace and something i welcome in mm. general um Something else that I want to sort of talk about is, and this is something where I'm curious to hear everyone's thoughts, especially Ranka, because I think you might have more insight to this than I will, mm -hmm. but um, um, double or triple length pilot yes. is something that started really coming through this year. Obviously, really? Oshinoko is the big example. Free Ren, I think, is a very relevant example as well. And there were a couple yeah. other shows that got like double length um, or something like that for their premiere. Yes. Um, I think this is a cool trend. I like it. Um... So, bit of bit of inside baseball on the Fruin one. I actually don't know much about the Oshinoko one. I'm pretty sure I've looked into it off the Fruin news. But um, the Fruin one is really interesting because they have... Uh, Japan, because it's it's a strange country when it comes to how it has its, I guess, media dissemination. Uh, the Friday Night Movie uh, on one of the big networks is still quite a big deal. Okay. It's, called the, uh, it's literally called the Friday Night Roadshow. Uh, and normally they show a film there. Often it's quite a recent film or like a really interesting or classic one. Um... Famously, I think when they showed um, Laputa on there, it was, like, one of the most tweeted about things on Twitter for, like, ten years. Because everyone posted the one iconic line from it when they said the iconic line. Um, mm. So, and what they did is actually, instead of airing a film that week, they aired the first five episodes of Freerun. Which is why there were five episodes That's of Freerun. That's crazy. For some reason. That's wild. Um, That's actually a really a really weird way to do that. It's a really weird yeah. way to do it, but it got apparently huge ratings, and I think that's a big reason why Freeman has managed to take off so well, is that they managed to find the perfect way to market it 
to normies, essentially. Uh, there's been a, also another interesting one is that um, Apocalypse Diary shows that I mentioned that started off mm-hmm. with six episodes dropping at once. Really didn't need it, but it also dropped mid-season. Like, it, it came, like yeah. when the sixth episode should have aired, they dropped all six at once. I don't know whether maybe it was a scheduling thing. The show looks good. Um, and, oh yes, Maigo was another example. Maigo as well, that's My, right. Maigo, like, Oshinoko had the most, like, this is just a movie, and it was a pretty good movie, and probably my favorite part of the show. Maigo was neat in that I think they, three episodes were smart, because the first two are good, but the third one makes you go, ah, oh, okay, this is thing different. So I, I don't think it's a, a bad shout. I do think it's very indicative of the fact we are in the age of streaming and binging. And while that hasn't yeah, taken like, over I think... anime as much as it has live-action TV. Like... like, I think that's something that has been a really big symptom of streaming that is, I would say, a negative, is that I think shows just get to have a longer runtime because of no commercials and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that that can be really detrimental to some of the shows where they just... Yeah are longer because they can and not Mm. because they're using that time effectively yes and i don't think that the like you know triple length pilot or dropping more than one episode at once is is that but i will say i want to talk about this (laughs) we usually do a little segment in these recaps where we talk about what we're watching next season um we're a little bit late you know the year started so some of the stuff has dropped um I watched um, the other night. I watched the pilot episode of Sasaka Sasaki Topichan. <laughs> oh, that's an hour long, isn't it? For some reason. That's an hour long. Yeah. Oh, for some reason, is right. Oh. Um. Okay. So like this, I think this ties into your discussion about isekai, and also mm-hmm. I have a, I have something to say about this this um longer pilot thing, is like it's a cool idea, and I think that Oshinoko and Free Ren have a very interesting reason for doing it, where they have this, like, groundwork they want to lay down. The groundwork is um, action-fucking-packed, very exciting, and would be arduous and painful to wait week to week for. I get it. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was tipped off to Sasaki to Pichan because I saw something mentioning, like, oh, the best joke of this episode was that they actually got all background actors named Sasaki for this episode. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. I wonder what this was working with. And so I, I knew very little about it going in. I went in. It's, um, oh boy. It's so it's also starring Sugitomo. So I was like, you know what? I'll oh. fucking I'll I'll walk with that. You know, mm-hmm. Sugitomo as the main character in a comedy. I've watched way worse stuff for that reason. Like for sure. Um, and he's and so good to- as Gintoki. He was so good as Gintoki. <laughs> Mallory hasn't seen Gintama, by the way, guys. <laughs> I've seen like four episodes with you. Don't, no, don't you watched the first episode and then said, I don't want to watch this right now. We watched more than one, for sure we watched more than one, guaranteed. No, that just has an hour-long opening <laughs> episode as well. <laughs> oh, there it you does, go. Okay, it? So, yeah. It does, yeah. So that's, we got uh, we got hour-long episode, comedy, Sugitomo. Um... <laughs> I think Sasaki is like a weird thing where I don't want to see shows doing long pilots if it's just going to be set up with literally nothing happening. It I was mean, crazy. Reminds me of the most iconic of all time of that, which might still be Fate Zero, which dropped with 45 minutes of nothing happening. Yeah, yeah. that was scary. Like I, I like watching Sasaki, I kept being like, damn, okay. So what's the gimmick? And the gimmick appears to be that it is a reverse isekai with three big things happening. Like it, 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 drop it's, shipping it's in on, another world. <laughs> it's based on a light novel. That was my first issue. I didn't realize that. So that was my bad. I should have figured that out. But basically, it's like a guy who gets a bird in a bird store, 
The bird is a sorcerer, gives him powers to teleport. He starts drop shipping products from Don Quixote into a fantasy world. And they're like, whoa, these binoculars are fucking pog. How did you make these? And he goes, I'm a craftsman or whatever. And so this is now his life. He's a salary man, but this is what he does. And then he starts learning magic. And so then he runs into a cadre of like psychics that are working with like a government society. So now it's kind of like this sort of mob psycho kind of thing going on. And so I think the gimmick is just, what if there was a show with four different premises and they all happened at once? <laughs> it's the worst shit I've seen in so long. It was unbelievable. I could not, oh, I kept being like, okay, what's, when's like the thing going to kick in? And the thing is just, there's four boring things. I was blown away. I could not believe it. So, um, thing I don't want to see in 2024 is shows getting a long pilot just to do fucking this like this is crazy to me um i had to say my piece on this because in terms of shows i'll be watching in 2024 um That's winter it will not be sasaki topi chen <laughs> um iris do you have anything to say because you all i also made you watch this with me which i'm very sorry about for the record um i think i was less burnt by it than you were well, I was embarrassed. I came, I came to the dining room table with a beautiful meal. That's, and it that's was what I mean. Like, you were like, was you were like hey, chicken. let's watch this thing. This is exciting. I want to check it out. And then we watched it and it wasn't much. I didn't, I wasn't me who put the meal on the table. So I was fine. <laughs> but um, I do think that, I mean, if you are going to do the hour long opening episode, I think that, I think that. Oshinoko should be the bar that is set. And a lot of people are shooting under that bar. I think if you yeah. are going to pull off a theatrical length opening episode, you need to step up to the plate like Dogakobo did. And, you know, we like their stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff from Dogakobo that's really good. Um, a lot of it has been for the podcast. So, like... They're capable of a lot, and they did a lot with the time and budget that they were given to set up a show with a complicated premise that didn't feel like it dragged. And I think that that is what everyone else should shoot for. Other than that, I'm going to do what I do with every anime, which is I watch the first three episodes and test it. Um, and if I like those those uh, the series by the third episode that I'm in, uh, that works great for something like my go where they drop those three episodes at once. It does not work great for something like Sasaki, uh, to Pichan, where I watch essentially two episodes back to back and I'm already done. I don't have an interest <laughs> in watching the third episode of that show. I've yeah, already spent 45 minutes of my time waiting for something to happen. But to be fair, for the people who are into this sort of genre, it's pretty exciting to have 45 whole minutes of setup rather than 25 minutes of setup. Because uh, I did try this season, I watched an episode of, and then I was like, nah, anyone who likes this I think should be put put in put in some sort of facility. And I watched first of all, Shangri-La Frontier, and also <laughs> oh, a 25-episode okay. show. Um, terrible, because it's just entire... Uh, the makeup seemed like actually kind of school shootery, which is kind of weird. Ooh, but also, um, okay. <laughs> what the fuck? It was, there was like weird vibes. It was, the vibes were bad. But also it's like, these shows, I so much about the guy being like, wait, if I get this iron axe, I can beat the dragon and thus power up my weapon. And I'm sure like for no. people who like that sort of shit, 45 whole minutes of that must have them like fucking losing their minds. Oh, I wish he was picking up an iron axe to get powers, Ronk. I'm going to be real with you. It was God. crazy. 
Um, it was literally 45 minutes of explaining how dropshipping works, and then the last 10 minutes are, oh wait, there's a plot too, and then nothing happened. Oh. Yeah, oh, by the way, in the next episode, this might be what we talk about. A different thing. <laughs> Not the fucking first half hour of this show. Holy shit. And then in the last two minutes, his next door neighbor says is like a Yandere like 17 year old who's like giving him cookies and shit. Like who like, fucking cares? Who fucking cares at all? Oh my god. Fuck. Um, yeah. Shangri-La sounds bad though. That sounds <laughs> frustrating for, for frustrating for a more conventional reason. Yeah. I, this, this sounds... I mean, I think that my go one is I think they hit the perfect sweet spot there. Like, understanding the context of the three and five episodes makes more sense where it's five episodes where like you could stop after three or four and those be quite good, but five is like just one of the random them going to a town episodes. It kind of felt weird. That was what they decided to end their drop on, but then mm-hmm. in the context of oh right, it was to actually fit in this particular time slot, makes sense. That makes way more sense. Uh, I guess yeah. you can see the argument for here's the setup, and then also here is an example of what the show is going to look like. Mm. Like makes sense because that's kind of how I felt about the Mygo episodes was that they mm. were really just here's what the show is going to look like. Um, by the way, this level of drama. We're gonna try and sustain this. So, like here, hmm. things are happening and 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 resolving, and then the, uh, you know, events are colliding forward throughout the show, and that's cool and exciting. I think um, I think the three episodes of my go thing was also interesting because Bushiro generally have been, I think, quite bespoke with distributing their their shows, which are the same thing mm-hmm. as side games that when you're that powerful. Uh, so I imagine there's probably some point which they thought we have this third episode that we really want to show off. We got to make sure people see that third episode. Let's just put them all out at once. Yeah, like, that's, it that's was like cool that. seeing um, <laughs> Bushiroad care about an intellectual property's like artistic <laughs> merit in some meaningful that's way. Crazy. What a what a fucking game changer! <laughs> Literally, God, actually, there was because there was also a Ragnar Crimson this season had not very good show. Don't bother with it. But it had an hour long opening episode. I, wow. Okay. I think it's like generally a pretty good thing. Like I I don't think it is a bad idea if it, as long as the show actually uses it effectively. But it, it is interesting that it's becoming such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it occurred to me because, um, like, the shows I'd watched this year that had done that were doing it for a really good effect. And then mm. watching Sasaki was a, a mind-boggling experience of, oh, no, they're just going to be doing this, I think. <laughs> like, I am so not up for, like, in the same way that I'm up for getting interested in a show that is too core because it might go somewhere interesting. Mm. That would be if it keeps me interested through the first, I don't know, two episodes at least, right? Yeah. And if I get tricked into watching fucking 48 minutes of fucking sub-mid garbage more often than before, I'm not going to be happy about oh, that. that's true. I guess you got to start dropping at the halfway mark of the episode. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the 0.5 episode test will be the way of the future. <laughs> oh, jeez. So sad. Um... Yeah, those are a bit of thoughts I've had about this year in anime. Um, Iris, where are you at? Um, I don't know. I think that we've seen something that I personally am really excited about is a, um, especially in the, like, post-COVID anime environment, it seems like there's a lot more room for studios to do things that are experimental. Speaking of these, these long pilots, right? Mm, um, yeah. And... I think that it's, like, a lot of the cool stuff that we're seeing is through streaming services, but it also does feel like there's finally a reason to watch anime on streaming services. I want to check out Bastard. Ranka says it's cool. Like, I, I, it, 
I am familiar with how a lot of the uh, later parts of that manga looks, and there are some really cool illustrations there. So mm. I'm willing to check it out. But like for me, Pluto was really an eye-opening experience of like, oh, this is an anime where each episode is an hour long, and it feels good. It feels like an OVA. And I'm just kind of hoping that um, we get, with streaming anime and streaming original anime, we see kind of a return to what we saw during the big OVA boom, where you get a lot of projects of varying lengths, um, both individual episodes and like episode counts, uh, that are also like a little bit more risky, a little bit more experimental, or adaptations of things that are older that have not gotten an adaptation yet. Just like weirder stuff that is kind of out of the realm of um, like what gets covered in an anime season. Because yeah. like there is only so much you can do with a seasonal adaptation. Like, the 13-episode curse where a series seems like it should have a second season and just gets stuck at 13, that sucks. But getting to see something like Pluto, where it's like, they really stretch out each episode, and, like, also, it doesn't feel like anything was sacrificed for that. That, I think part of the reason I like that show so much is that it felt like, it, it felt like it had that OVA vibe to it, where I was like, I could sit down and I can watch one hour of, like, really good well-paced anime and there's still more left afterwards mm -hmm. like that feels like somebody really got to put their all into making something that just would not have worked if it was airing on tv um i i'm just really hoping that we get to see more newer and cooler things happening in that field because uh seasonal anime like if there's one thing that watching um like through three years worth of seasonal anime uh, as this podcast has started has has done for me a lot of those shows wind up being samey or wind up being uh constrained by being things that teenagers are going to watch on tv um which is not to say oh animes for adults or animes for teenagers none, none of that shit but like um it, it it is cool to see things that are made for different audiences than uh, kids in Japan who are watching this at home and I actually see that be taken seriously um, in in some fun ways. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get to see more uh, passion projects or more uh, exciting new things happening within the realm of streaming. And in fact, it's kind of turning me around on streaming anime in general, seeing that this is finally being embraced as something for directors to do cool stuff in i guess scott pilgrim also streaming original anime yeah. done by a japanese yeah, yeah. studio but with american voice cast like that's cool that's really cool um yeah of... those are my my general thoughts on this season um to kind of build off of that idea of seeing seeing a lot of shows where i was like they don't make stuff like this anymore but now they do again wow yeah i mean i, I guess like an interesting example of like that was how a long episode uh, it's that's neat, and also as a streaming show, I still haven't watched it. Is um, fascinatingly strange uh, historical Josie manga Oku the Inner Chambers got an anime? This year. Oh yeah, that's right. Which I did not hear about until it was over, and I was like, wait, what? Oku got an anime? Which I'm very curious to watch. Um, because I, I 
I've what I've read the manga, I thought it was pretty interesting. So like I I think this could be really good in terms of giving like I really hope it gives like Jose ish anime a bit of a boost because the fact that you can make these in like in a context where people will watch them. Because like one one of the greatest and saddest things in anime was uh Noya Tamina, the iconic animation block that was 11 episodes and it was always something really interesting that tended to lean a bit more shoujo jose than a lot of what was otherwise being aired at that time um and then eventually it started having shit like guilty crown instead mm-hmm. and it's, that's uh, where that's where they aired paracus right uh yes i think paracus was early uh, noitamina yeah yeah nice, nice. Uh, yeah okay yeah i just looked it up that's where paracus and that's where mononoke aired I don't know. I think I I generally am actually pretty pro Netflix anime. I haven't. I mean, I've seen bad ones, but at least the bad ones I've seen are like, why did you make this bad? Rather than like, this is cynical and boring bad. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think at it's the end of the day, I still am. Uh, I'm happier that Netflix is getting to do some stuff because they tend to do things original. Um, I am happier to see Netflix around than Crunchyroll, and I think that that's the most depressing sense I've said in a long time. That's true. Yeah. I will say, dis- every Disney Plus anime I've seen is, like, intriguing and baffling that it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, oh my <laughs> god. That started with, like, Blackrock Shooter Dawnfall. Blackrock right? Shooter Dawnfall, uh, Summertime Render, which was good, uh, oh, Reach like Thousand Year Blood War. Yeah, Tengoku Daimakyo. Oh Tengoku Daimakyo, yeah, uh, Dark so Gathering. They just like choose like kind of edgy, violent series, which I, I kind of like. This feels like they're also going back to nineties OVA culture in their own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, God damn! Really baffling. Like it's like a lineup that's like quite good and curated, but I feel like it's because there's one particular person making all the choices, and this is just their yeah. Taste. Someone has someone has got no oversight, and they're uh, <laughs> lapping it up. They are very excited. So yeah, I know twenty twenty three. I'm I'm a bit more positive. Oh, the other thing, this is going to go more into next year, but it bears in mind because a lot of these announcements are at the end of 2023. Recap movies are back. Yeah. My uh... goes getting worse. Okay, here's the thing. I don't mind that because to me, that kind of indicates that these are works that people are interested enough and can reach like a wider audience than just their original th- thing. And like, also, being, Yeah, like being... a recap movie is for onboarding, fundamentally. Yeah. I, I'm like, I, I probably won't watch any of these. Like, and also, like, some, like, the Botch the Rock one is like, clearly, oh shit, we didn't expect to have the biggest Kirara of all time. Fuck, let's stall. Um, the Pari P. Kome one, I really hope that means we're getting a season two. Uh, oh, it's... they're doing a Kome oh. movie? Oh, okay. Kome Yeah, like, see, that's exciting. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited to see what comes after the recap movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Maigo ones make sense. Those, those check out. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm more positive about anime than I certainly have been. Well, I've been alright for the last couple of years. There was a pretty dark stretch at the end of the 2010s, but I think this year is... Thing, things are getting better, I think. Yeah. Oh, also, sorry, uh, shout out to other experimental weird originals. Uh, I watched Pokemon Concierge, and it was very cute. That's not really a seasonal thing, because it came out at the end of December, but... <laughs> le- and it was four awesome, episodes, definitely. and they were each 11 minutes long, but like... Uh, it was it was nice to see that. Uh, shout out to Studio Dwarf. Studio Dwarf. Yeah, because yeah, their show sounds a little laugh. <laughs> uh, they, they're uh, the only shows they've done that I know of off the top of my head are the Rilakkuma Netflix original and uh, uh, Pokemon Concierge. But Damn, they do the cool. like stop motion doll stuff. So is that actual stop motion? Yes, it's actual stop motion. Oh, cool. 
it's yeah it's not digital at all they actually released some behind the scenes stuff of like oh. the little puppets and how they did them that's, uh that's the the psyduck in that is especially cute shout out psyduck psyduck I've, is so goaded i've always been a huge fan of the the trading cards where they've just made like actual little maquettes or whatever the pokemon yeah that's that's basically what the whole show is like I, the whole show so is like if you were watching a show that took place in the universe that the cards that are uh little like clay or felt mm. sculptures uh, of the Pokemon took place in, which I, I liked for that reason. <laughs> and that was nice. a cool, like, I feel like that would not have happened if there was not a streaming platform that the Pokemon company was like, yeah, let's do like a weird stop motion show that's four episodes long just for fun. Yeah. Although Pokemon always has had like a habit of like doing weird short little net animations because there was, yeah, because yeah, there, there were a few, a few years back that people were flipped out for. Uh, yeah, no, the Pokemon company is actually pretty good at using using the franchise and all the characters. I think in quite charming ways. Big ups to them. Certainly better than mm -hmm. uh, some other competitors are. <laughs> nice, but, cool. Yeah. With our right. general positive about tw positivity about twenty twenty three going around, what was the best of twenty twenty three? Um, really quickly, before we get into the best lists, which we've all uh -huh. prepared a little five-ski, one thing mm -hmm. I would like to do, just so we can end on a nice little culmination note, we let's sneak in here, um, anything cool we're excited about for 2024, be it the first season or stuff that's announced for the year. Anything we're keeping our eyes on. Uh, yeah. Trigger Dungeon Meshi, I think the world has their eyes I mean, on. Yeah, but... okay, yeah, yeah. Trigger Dungeon Meshi, um, out, uh, beat... Narrowly beating out Pluto for thing on Netflix. I'm gonna tell all my coworkers to go watch if they can. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a tight race, but those two are now neck and neck at the top there. So that's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm I saw the first episode of that. It's pretty decent. Yeah, uh, I quite like the manga. So I hope it turns out good. Yeah, uh, I love I love the manga. So I'm I'm gonna give the show as as much patience as I can. <laughs> Uh, in terms of other things that are coming out this year, uh, in this next season, uh, we're launching right into the Bones 25th anniversary show, Metallic yes, Rouge. Is it actually the 25th anniversary? It's actually the 25th anniversary. Wow, I'm, that's so cool. I'm so psyched Happy for birthday, this. Happy birthday, Bones. Happy birthday, Bones. Bones, we Happy love you, Bones. Bones. Bones, one of those studios that uh, definitely got me into anime when I was younger. Like, just oh, sure. everything that they were putting out. So, big ups. Yeah. Um, right, so I'm I'm super excited for that one. Uh, there's a next season looks like it's gonna be. A, I don't have too many. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be super crazy good. But there's there's a few things that I'm interested in. Uh, Pon no Michi, the Mahjong anime yeah. with yeah. Happy Links. So I'm tapping in crazy style to Pon no Michi. Hey Ranka, are you excited for Buchigiri by yeah, our I'm, favorite I'm... Hiroko Utsumi, creator I mean, of Skate, Skate. the Infinity? Uh, every, every, every free. Fucking year, they they do the, the, the skate. They do the skate special week thing, and they just have to go. Mm -hmm. We haven't got anything to show you yet, but next year, <laughs> promise. Yeah. <laughs> so and you know what? They were right. They promised, and now they're delivering. Yummy. Uh, but yeah, um, there's also the new Masamune Obari show, Yuki Bakuhatsu Bang Bang Braven, which <laughs> I I am a little bit excited for. I don't know, I like some of his shows quite a lot, uh, but it could also even like just be an old man not doing anything interesting anymore. Uh, 
there's also going a bit deeper into that. Oh, that's people other things from spring they want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean I, I, winter? Oh, wait, from winter. winter. Winter, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I got I got a couple more that I just want to name drop. First of all, mm-hmm. High Card Season Two. You better yes. be watching. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Oh, Hashtag yes, yes, we yes, will yes, be yes. watching, etc. If you know how much we enjoyed High Card Season One, you should know that we're looking forward to High Card Season Two. Um, and then, uh, uh, shall we just really quickly say Maho Shoujo ni Akogarete? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, um, <laughs> I watched the first episode of Maho Shoujo ni Akogarete, or Maho Ako as it is known, which is a, uh, Yuri Echi anime that is not for the prudish of heart, but this I do think... It's yeah. a whole show series, but it's not for kids. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is the first time that that's actually really been true. Um, it's like actually it really genuinely been true. Been true. I, I, um, I, I will just say, I am genuinely shocked that the anime is uncensored compared to the, the manga. That's crazy to me. I did not know they were doing that. Yep. Um, I, as a big fan of uh, the manga and Yuri in general, um, I've always thought that this series... Uh, it was a It's a very cute manga about... Uh, lesbian sadism and the show is um, doing a great job of maintaining what the manga does where it walks this line between like really gleefully perverse and uh, actually having like a very sweet emotional core underneath all of it Um, especially when it comes to the idea of like accepting that being attracted to girls is okay, which is a little bit rote, but is very funny in the context of the show. Yes, and in the context of her coming to perversion first, homosexuality second, it is a uh, very funny. Yep, <laughs> and um, I, I I will just say, um, as far as shows that depict a lot of nudity in them, just like really nice to see bodies that look normal as opposed to uh onimai or onimai where every the way every single character was drawn actually skeeved me out so bad that watching the show made me feel ill um onimai looked like a comic low like um resume reel it was kind of insane yeah Uh, if you don't don't know what that means don't worry about it it's yeah uh maho ako uh the the girls are normal and uh like that's that's what you need to know they they look like women with uh skin that works normally (laughs) yeah it's it's a pleasant it's it's a it's a pleasant thing to see genuinely genuinely refreshing to see a, a, a show that is clearly drawn by people who care about what the female body actually looks like yeah. Um, I'll just say a couple things that I will be tapping into. Um, first of all, some vague stuff for the year that I'm excited for. I don't know when it's happening. I don't think it's been announced yet, like, properly. But Walpurgis no Kaiten, the follow-up to Rebellion, is fucking apparently... It's meant to be quite soon, I think. Is, mm-hmm. I hope it's fucking soon. It doesn't have a release date yet. Apparently, from what I'm seeing, I've been Googling kind of like a, a crazy person for a while. So... Only 11 years after the fact, it will be, we will get it, it will happen. Um, uh, in terms of, like, fucking nonsense that I'll definitely be tapping in for, there's actually the, um, Yuru Yuri spinoff featuring the Sakurako family, Omudoke, is getting, um, oh my God. two OVA things Let's in about a month go! or so. That's exciting as well. Um, not exciting, but I'll be watching it. I mean, like, hopefully I like it, whatever. 
I don't have to explain myself to you. Um, and then um, I'll be trying out some different stuff this season, actually. I'm pretty interested in a couple things. I'll be watching. Um, beep, beep, beep. Looking up the title, because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, I'll be watching Yubisaki Torenren. Oh, that looks quite good. I'm, I'm looking yeah. My main thing here is that it's it seems to be like a pretty standard shoujo, which I want to like tap into more. Just get like a lay of the land in general for 2024. That's a goal that I've set for myself is to watch more in the way that I would watch any generic shonen. I think I should start watching any generic shoujo just to fucking see what's going on. Um, also, this one, um, the main character is voiced by Sumire Morohoshi, a.k.a. Ichigo from Akatsu. So very exciting for me for that reason. That was the main reason I picked this one. Um, nice. And then uh, beyond that, we'll be looking at... Um, it's a lot of weird shit we watched the trailers for yesterday. What, we watched a bunch thing? of trailers recently. What was that, the one with the dancing dog and oh, the tiger and the trap beat? That was incredible. I can't remember the title. That was unbelievable. Yeah, Ronka, this is something we all should watch definitely next season, I think. This sounds um, pretty good. I think it might be pretty good is the thing. Um, help me. Help me. Help me. <laughs> Where help the fuck me. is it? Help me. Help, help me. Where, help what the me. hell? Help me. Gekan Moso Kagaku. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, kind of curious. That has cute character designs. I didn't realize I had a, a, a break dancing tiger to a trap bee. That makes me more excited. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the OP is wild. Because <laughs> um, the premise sort of sounds like a quirky detective agency. And then I watched the trailer, and it's like, I don't. I. It's so nice to be taken off guard by something like should, this. Should we just watch that right now? Alright, um, okay, I'm gonna insert the break here. We're gonna watch this trailer right now. Ronka, check this out. Okay. Okay, Ronka, yeah, so that was, um, that was Gekka and Moso Kagaku. Yeah. Uh, there's also, uh, Sengoku Yoko, which is a bit exciting, because yeah. after what happened with Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, oh, oh no. god, give this man a good anime. <laughs> oh no, I didn't even occur to me at all. It yeah, oh, I mean it's fuck. this one. I'm not saying it's White Fox, thirty-seven episodes. 37? This feels like they got wow, a plan. Okay. I actually wasn't aware that he was the mangaka for Sengoku Yoku. I because I, I read oh. this description, I was like, okay, whatever. But if if he wrote it, that's really compelling. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is what we replace Sasaki no peeps on our our, our this, oh, uh, this season. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, Man. Going later into the year, again, these shows are well off, so I won't focus them too much. Uh, got the Shiny Mass anime coming out. Uh, mixed thoughts on it, but, you know, hope it's good. Um, <laughs> Fingers then, crossed. Right, right. Yep. Fingers crossed. Um, I am quite curious about uh, Girls Band Cry. The oh. new so, so Toei announced this before Maigo came out, so it was really them not trying to bite the Maigo shit. And it seems like what if you made a girls' band anime, but it was a bit darker and more realistic. And then the Maigo came out, and you're like, ah. Oh. Ooh boy, the lunch um, eaters. To be fair, this actually has adult characters in the main band, so uh, nice. might might still win out. It's also CG. It's not quite as good looking CG as Maigo, but I'm I'm a CG Ooh, anime defender. Okay. So yeah, that's true. Me as well. I didn't say that earlier, so. The character designs are really cute, though. So, like, cool, cool cute. I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic for that. Uh, there's also High Speed Etoile, the <laughs> girls in sports cars racing anime with really bad CG. I'm a bit worried about that one. 
you're gonna have to tell me if this one is good because i know mal won't watch it but i love motorsport and i have been hoping for like a girl's motorsport anime for Maybe. so long oh I'll, I'll i'll keep you keep you noted um there's also that um dogokobo aquarium anime which has like weird Ooh. trailers that were just like oh, li- yeah. people live action walking around in the city or on the beach forgot about that this one, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit optimistic about. Uh, I mean, we also, like Kobo. Yeah. Do you like Kobo? Uh, there's also the new Pretty series anime this year. After Pre-Magi ended, um, we haven't had a new TV pre, um, Pretty series in like two years. Oh, and yeah. there's a new one coming. We don't really know what it's going to be. Um, I've, been, I've been digging on that Pretty Rhythm Aurora Dream lately. So I'm, I hope it's good. Uh... And then, yeah, uh, I don't think we know too much more later on the year, aside from the Mononoke movie. Not to be confused with Mononoke Season 2, uh, which is going to be pretty good. Uh, and also, one of Iris's favourite manga, getting adaptation by one of her favourite studios. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Dandadan is getting a That's right. Anime. That's right. You're so happy. I'm looking forward don to don now i will say as much as i do love um as much as i do love studio science saru uh i hesitate to call them one of my favorites uh just after uh yuasa left them and not on good terms oh no oh really like there is some stuff in there or there there was some stuff that i heard recently about how when yuasa left them it was not necessarily on good terms and it had a lot to do with uh, anime working conditions, especially during the pandemic. Wow. So okay. um, it is one of those things where I am. Dandadan is absolutely one of my favorite mangas. And when I saw that w- one of my favorite studios was doing it, I did get very, very excited. Uh, it looks great. I would encourage anyone listening to this show who doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say Dandadan to go read Dandadan. It is, uh, in a one-sentence summary, a cute action romance manga about conspiracy theories written by a guy who is such a conspiracy theory real one that uh, he puts in that man from the <gasps> Have You Seen This man, man in Your Dreams into oh. the, sh- uh, the manga as a character. Oh, no, like, no, that man is huge in Japan. It's, like, one of the biggest conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I know. But, like, okay. he's ta- he's tapped in is what I'm saying. Like, he, right. knows, he knows how to invoke this stuff. Um, and is also just, like, an absolutely incredible illustrator. Uh, there are some drawings in Dandadan that make me, like, I, I, they floor me that this stuff is uh, being written in a weekly manga. Like, it is just some, like, really gorgeous drawing. Um, so, super excited for Don Da Don. Nice. Okay. Very fair. Not, right. not excited for the, the workers at uh, Science Saru. Uh-oh. Just understand how big uh, this man, or that man is in Japan. There is a manga based off this man, written by... Illustrated by the sister of the Dojin work writer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, hashtag shoutouts to ourselves. A couple shout ago. Out to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, enough pe- enough puttering around. Let's get to our top fives. Who oh yeah, would like yeah. To let's go do first? it. Uh, should we just all reveal one from our top five and go around? Oh, circles? you want to go in circles? Okay. Why not? 
Okay, cool. Uh, so mine are in no particular order. I don't know if any of you have like a specific number one you wanna. I've I've picked uh, my number one, but the rest I don't have any order. Okay, uh, well. I've, I've picked my number one, and the rest are in no particular order. That's fair. Okay. Well, I will, I'll just go in any order, and then you lot can end on your particular favorite show. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start off uh, with AI no Aidenshi, or I no Aidenshi, which was the science fiction show from last season. Uh, actually, not last season. I guess would have been summer 2023. I thought it was a really genius sort of update on like the Tezuka-esque examining on how robots would fit into society with again a much more like a modern perspective that really i think cuts to the heart of modern culture in a way that could be a bit banksy but is so genuinely smart and weird and occasionally just unsettling uh that i think it's it's really really funny clever thoughtful it's like black mirror written by someone with empathy and who doesn't think they're constantly getting one over on you um so yeah would really recommend that if you like your weird episodic science fiction anime. Nice. Okay. Hell yeah. Cool. Iris, you're the guest. Go ahead. Uh, all right. My. Uh, are we ending or starting on our number? Let's ones, end on our actually. number ones. Let's end on okay. the number ones. Yeah. Um. My next one is gonna be uh Trigun Stampede. I think that um a lot of people talked about it at the time, but it really just. I, I will talk about this anytime Studio Orange does a new show, but um, there is just so much potential in the world of CGI animation, especially if it is uh, headed by a team who is not afraid to experiment with the things that you can do in uh, 3D CG um, that you can't do in 2D. And Trigun Stampede was a great example of this. Uh, I was a huge fan, or I, I am a huge fan of original Trigun, both the manga and the anime, even though they're super different. And I actually, uh, I had Mal watch uh, the original Trigun anime with me uh, before Stampede got announced. And then I don't know, Stampede Trigun, got so announced. Good. Yeah, it was I so good. I love that shit. Um, <laughs> actually, my avatar on Discord right now is from original Trigun. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Just <laughs> realized. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and uh, I think that uh, Stampede was a really fun new, like, third way of doing the Trigun story that felt both original and also like it didn't sacrifice um, a lot of the fun stuff from the story. Um, I think the fact that you had people posting about the yaoi from it for like six months afterward is the exact kind of reception that I love to see in a show that historically also had a lot of like uh, Hime and Yume Joshi fans of the cute boy characters in it. So, yeah. Hell that's, yeah. That's mine. Uh, also, just like Gore bears repeating some of the slickest looking action scenes I think we saw all year. Um, like period. Well, here's an important question, Aris. Though you're you're pro the opening, right? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, good, I good. I was actually pro all of the music in it, unlike Mal. <laughs> yeah, I I I was only really upset about the opening, but I I got over it. No, I still didn't like it. Actually, I, I didn't like the opening. Um, but I, the I had drinks no such because the alcohol doesn't take away his pain. <laughs> uh, 
that's true actually that's a really good point <laughs> yeah that's true a show where i really did like the opening an opening so nice they actually used it twice is i actually have put season two of birdie wing on my top five for this year okay no! <laughs> i decided that it counted i liked it a I, lot it's 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 obviously i'll take over here it was it was kind of weird because it was so like so obviously the second half of the show yeah, also... but I think it's fine. I don't care. Oh, for sure. It's my it's my list actually. Because I, I I'm not saying, I'm not well, saying this off. includes all of Birdie Wing, and I did <laughs> not think season two was better than season one, but I liked Birdie Wing enough compared to a lot of other things I saw this year that it makes the cut. Very fair. Uh, Birdie Wing season two. We've talked about Birdie Wing a lot in this podcast, which I'm proud of us for. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't know what else I can really say about season two except that it was not nearly as good as season one, but so fucking close. Um, still a ton of enjoyment. God, I, I don't know. I, I, I still hope that there's more. This is one of those shows where I don't mind if, okay, Iris, Iris referred to this earlier. Pluto is a show that was for years on the fake seasonal upcoming charts. I will make a fake seasonal upcoming chart in my head for the rest of my life that says Birdie Wing <laughs> season three. And I don't care. <laughs> oh, the Birdie Wing Next Generation with like clone DNA. Fucking that, that would be literally. literally Birdie Wing Stars. Happen. Birdie Wing Friends. <gasps> oh. Bring it on. <laughs> I, um, Birdie Wing Sunshine. Birdie Wing Sunshine. <laughs> I, mean, I will, I will be there. I, I don't want to see Aoi in the mirror, but that's its own problem. No, 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 no. But, but Ijika mm, e in the mirror. I don't know. We'll see. Ijika would, would fuck up that mirror. I, yeah, she'd go crazy I, in there. While Birdie Wing actually isn't on my top five just because I, I was trying to minimize sequels uh i did like it a lot it is a show that i've liked enough that i did import both the blu-ray box sets so nice uh, yeah. okay so this so is I... getting a special difference place in your top five really this is, this yeah. is your this is your floating six i would say this is my economic <laughs> top five okay very fair that's very fair okay yeah we'll move on from birdie wing we've talked a lot about birdie wing but i wanted to shout it out it's on my top five i thought about it it's number five probably i didn't rank these but i think that one squeaks in it's all good very fair uh, well, if we're talking about sports shows, I'm actually going to go now from the front of the year to the back of the year. Um, Mo Epon. Honestly, that's a top fiver for me. Like, I know it's become a bit of a joke in the show. Yeah, it has, hey, it Mario, has, have it you has. seen it? But the reason it's a joke is because I thought it was really good and you stop before the bit that's just like... Oh, I know. Top I know, three I sports did. anime of all time for me. It's one of the best in general i think it's just like a masterclass in terms of like how to make a station sports anime that hits every single point so perfectly characterization the action the tensity i think my only issue is that i think the soundtrack needed a couple more actually threatening themes but i can guess why they didn't really want to have those because you don't want to even if a 16 year old does stop threatening to break another 16 year old's arm towards the end it's still two 16 year olds um yeah that's fair but yeah i also I I, for just... what it's worth i thought that the soundtrack was very fun oh it's fun what, what, it works what was really there? well for all the victorious moments uh and yeah i don't know it's one of the most deeply charming casts i've seen anything like what they need to do is they need to import the cast of moipon and make them the next precure and you'll just have the best precure show of all time <laughs> oh my, my god opinion. don't even oh my god <laughs> okay yeah that would be but great yeah. As, as uh, we've talked also a lot about the one core sports anime and Moipon I think carries it off fairly well and it's just such a ride and it's so just so elegantly done it has a shocking level of skill for being a show that is under the radar as it is so if you like sports anime at all tap in on Moipon damn okay noted Iris your turn um yeah I'm gonna have to say that my next show is uh Oshinoko 
Just ah. like talking about shows that I was really, really um, psyched to see. Uh, I've been keeping up with the Oshinoko manga for... Uh, Ranka, you have... Did you read the manga? No. No, never read the manga. Oh, okay, I know, I know so I've, I, people who like the manga a lot. I've been keeping up with the manga because I was a big Scum's Wish fan. Uh, Scum's Wish. Um, I thought it was Scum's Wish, really. Yeah. There there we go. <laughs> but I don't um, with Kaguya-sama, which is why I never checked out the manga. There we go. Um, uh, and anyways... That was one of those shows where I was like, is this going to be fun to watch? Like, will this translate into a fun anime? Because I think all of the most fun parts about Oshinoko are when it's talking about, like, idol industry insider baseball stuff, mm-hmm. which I know that you discussed on the episode that uh, the seasonal review was on, Ranka, that you uh, thought it was too cynical, I believe. Not really. I thought it was it was a bit too. I don't know. It was too cynical. I think it was just like, it's you know that Mashal screen cap that people posted that yes, everyone knows. Stop telling me that. Like the oh yeah, that. yeah. That's that's why I felt like the show. Like I, I actually thought the character drama stuff was really good. It was the industry drama stuff. I was like, it's alright. Yeah, I, I like both the uh, industry insider baseball and the like insane character drama plot that is happening in the middle of it. I think that that is just like. It's a really nice classic uh, anime about an industry mm. balance where you have something absolutely outlandish and insane happening alongside, like, here is the reality of what this is like. Um, okay. uh, here's, here's a really outlandish idea. What if there was a group of idols and they were all under 149 centimeters? Uh, okay. Well, we can get you to that don't later. Don't spoil my list, Monka. <laughs> I didn't even send this to you. God, okay, fine, okay. Uh, that would be incredibly weird, though. I would be a little scared, especially if one of them had a lizard. Um, no, but I liked I, I liked the Oshinoko show a lot. I thought it looked really nice, and it was cool to get to see Dogakobo do something high budget after watching a lot of their more like jobberly shows that still had a lot of like individuality and charm put into them it's nice to Um, see like our striver studio get um big time yeah exactly just to to like have followed the studio for the podcast for a while and then get to see them get a like big flavor of the month show um uh and like it um i don't know I, I, it, it was, it, it just had a lot of follow through that I really like. It's also one of those things that I can see being totally off-putting to people, but it definitely made my list. Out of just curiosity, because I have a friend who is really into the manga, who was, she was kind of cold on the anime because of how it chose to like frame and change things. Did you feel that way about it or? Um, no, uh, but only because I think that the really fun parts of the manga are the drama like the like the 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 dramatic twists are so soap opera-y and fun um in the manga they're done as like the twists that you would get in a novel or they're like Mm. paced out like that whereas the ones in the show it's paced out like you would for a tv show i kind of to me, Oshinoko is like my my uh, popcorn drama manga, and the show remained very much the same uh, for me. So 
I can see someone having that issue and I can definitely see people who like the show not liking the manga and people who like the manga not liking the show. Like I said, there's a million reasons to not like Oshinoko. I saw a lot of people get really offended at the idea of the doctor uh, being uh, given the same intelligence but put into the body of a teenager. Like, there's one million things to get offended about but I, I also kind of think that's what makes it good like not that it's controversial but that it is like i i feel like a good drama should be really fallible because you just have to buy in yourself (laughs) yeah i think the line that stuff for me was uh what's the the um the blue-haired one who's on the fake dating show when she's investigating uh eyes like history and has the insane line about like she had sex at an underdeveloped age or something and it's just like one <laughs> yeah. of the most insane lines for this show to it's, it's it just is like if you've read so you said you didn't like scum's wish me oh, i fucking love scum's wish oh yeah yeah no, so I, love read... I don't like kaguya yeah, yeah yeah if you've read scum's wish then you know that like um I feel like both the best parts in Oshinoko and the best parts in Scum's Wish are when they just drop something that is, Mm. it is, like, absolutely insane, like it's nothing. Like that. Like, there's, there's so much, I don't know, it feels like, um, it, it it just, it feels like a popcorn drama to me. It's great. (laughs) Nice. Oh, yeah. That, that's my Oshinoko review. Mal, what what do you got next? Uh, I got a couple of stuff. Honestly, we got some things we we've talked about very recently, like um, this episode. But I'll let's get them out of the way. Um, I have um, the entirety of Deadbound Death Play on my top oh, five this year. Actually, that's fun. Me as well. Actually, that was going to be my next one. Nice. So... Oh, sharesies! Yay, sharesies! Um, so we've talked about it a lot. So I'll just go over it really briefly. Yeah, super fun. I also watched the first uh, two cores of Dorara this year as well. Sort of help oh. round out my Narita knowledge um because I've, I've i've liked bakano for a while since ever since ever i saw it and i also showed it to my family and they loved it and it was cool it's neat seeing him play so much in like a different sort of power scale e space than he tends to usually <laughs> do it was it was very fun it was just like I, I, this was like i think week to week both seasons this was the show that i was the most excited to watch um weekly actually and i realized that i kept that up for like basically half of the year so i have to give it credit for that it was so fun to watch season like seasonally and week to week it was my go-to um yeah so very fun extremely fun show curious to see if it gets more quite happy if it doesn't um would recommend to a lot of people actually i think this ends up being a very accessible show despite everything about it because it is so fucking insane and complicated um it's fun yeah a lot of fun so fun yeah super fun really consistently good and you always get a new freak every episode literally like we get a freak of the week that people have been (gasps) yearning for freak of the week for so long Um, Ivanka, go right ahead. Alright. Uh, well, I'm... This is a bit of a weird one, and I this one I was like, I think I was just affected by it so much in the moment, I don't know whether it should be up here, maybe other shows should have gone above it, but Revenger is... Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went insane for Revenger. I, I, I don't entirely know why. I think it's because I have, like... I have seen and read a lot of Urobuchi Gen stuff, because oh, yeah. while he has a lot of flaws, he is often also quite an interesting writer. The, the male Mario Kata, they're calling him. Kind of. <laughs> I, I don't quite like him as much as Mario Kata. I know, I know, but, I know. 
but this might be his Mario Kart moment. Uh, Revenger is a really just well-done, strange historical drama about the opium trade in Japan and a samurai who is uh, not... who's correctly accused of a murder, but the reason he did murder was under false pretenses, and he's trying to clear his name. Um, and it's sort of just about him getting involved in a bunch of people who are both profiting but also trying to stop the opium trade. But what it does in its second half is it just really turns into a deft exploration of Gen Robuchi's career. In, in And I won't spoil too much about it, it's also kind of hard to explain, but it it's really is a show that's almost asking the audience whether you think someone who could write a show like this could be saved. And it's such a strange way to engage with a show that is also has a bit where they fight an opium tiger. Um, <laughs> cool. Okay, I like those. We like those. Uh, has 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 lots of gay sex on screen. Like, a lot of gay yeah. sex on screen. Um, I like those! Has an intersex character who's handled pretty well and is pretty cool. Um, does a neat thing where, like, the actual two BL ships are not the two main characters, but the two main characters and their respective boyfriends, which I really liked. Uh, and just in general has a really moving, interesting, and complete arc that left me really satisfied. Um, this is, like, just easily the best thing from Genorobushi's career, and I think uh, more auteurs should try to make weird autobiographical things about how they feel about the opium trade. Alright, nice. you're up. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, my next one was gonna be Dead Mount Death Play, so now I'm one short. I'm gonna bring up uh, one from my honorable mention list and say, okay. uh, Yuri is my job. Show that I went into with, like, genuinely low expectations. I Were you a am... Hmm? Were you a Mangarita for that? No, I was not. Um, I knew nothing about it. It was one of those things that I had always avoided because the localization title came off to me as corny. Um, I am what many are calling nowadays a Yuri Boomer, which is a, a term that I don't necessarily like, but I do tend to believe that, like, older Yuri had more nuance and had a flavor of drama that I enjoy more than... Um, sort of stuff we've been seeing over the last decade and a bit, like your your Kase-san, Bloom Into You, Citrus stuff, all feels kind of toothless to me. Um, uh, and I, I'd quite uh, disagree, but that's that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could talk about that li later. Another but time. Like, um, I, I mean, I just like really, really enjoy like big, stupid drama. So like. Hmm. Uh, Onisama A has always been, like, kind of my, my benchmark for stuff. Um, yes. I have not seen Marimite, but... That's still crazy to me. Like, for the record, I know. we watched the Marimite parody show before you saw Marimite. Let me continue. <laughs> I will. It I, was, was, I will. I will. It was really nice seeing a show that straddled the line between, um, like old school shoujo like uh yuri fans and like newer yuri comedy and drama that really did blend comedy and drama in a way that i shit you not kept me guessing almost every week mm. the first few episodes were a little slow but then you get into some like 
some really crazy tension towards the end, which is great because it feels like the, um, since the characters are doing the Marimite Cafe, it feels like a good reflection of the type of stuff that I really enjoy in a show that I was really not expecting to see that in. And uh, I was pogged up. It, it, it really blindsided me and I loved it. I think I think the Kanako stuff, I just, I was like, oh, is this going to be a dumb joke? And where it went was just so not what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 There, like, there is no, no dumb joke there. It, it follows through as like genuinely really like relatable but unsettling teenage behavior in a way that I was uh just not not expecting. <laughs> Good shit. Hell yeah. Um so uh, I, Matt, what oh, what do you got next? What do I got next? Well, okay, so last night, Ronka, I got home from work and I was pretty tired, but I was like, yeah, I got some time for some stuff. Let's watch some shit. And I was thinking like do I have any regrets from 2023? Is there anything that I could maybe knock out in the the waning twilight uh, before we get to the podcast? What the... Well, let me say that I did actually find some time to finish uh, Moe Pond, and I'm happy to say it made my top five pretty handily. Yes! And I was there, too! Iris was also there. Thank you, Iris. It was so good! The only reason I didn't move that for my honorable mention is uh, Mal asked me not to. Yes. Oh, this has made my my day. Now you know who Odagiri Hanna is, and I I can just post Odagiri Hanna pictures. I know. I can't wait to see more pictures of Odagiri Hanna. Oh my god. Yeah, Moe Palm was great. Um, I think this was a huge... 2023 was a huge year for me in understanding sports anime better than I ever had before. Mm. Um, Between Birdie Wing, between um, Moe Palm... And also between, I guess, rewatching Tamayomi, or not rewatching, but like going back to Tamayomi, et cetera, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just really satisfying, really beautiful. And I think I think the more sports anime I watch, I hope that Moe Pond will continue to stand out as something that has a lot of, I think, a lot of genuinely interesting things to say about high school as a time, as a formative period. Mm. I think it has a lot of remarkable contrast between how its characters feel about the same game. And I think also, mm-hmm. I think that judo is a really interesting sport to write a narrative arc about, like a narrative coming of age story around, because it, it is a put, get what you put into it sport, for sure. But mm-hmm. I think also it has, um, God, the idea of the team and the individual are in a lot of, con- a lot of tension in yeah. like that like format and it's really fascinating i don't know i was really taken with the final arc here i liked the i liked everything i saw up until the final five episodes um but holy fuck i'm so glad i finished it ronka i'm sorry my apologies thank you so it's, much i'm, I'm for glad being you nice to me. i'm glad you enjoyed it you were much nicer to me than just, i deserved and i finally finished crazy. it and it, it made my top five we've already talked about it though and ronka said <laughs> uh, way more about it than i have gotten to and that's the punishment that i will that i will pay <laughs> So, um, really quickly, as a honorable mention, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up. Um, this is not um, close to my top five, but I did want to shout out um, Buddy Daddies as a very fun show from Buddy this year. <laughs> Remember Buddy Daddies? That shit was fun uh, as hell. Uh, Buddy Daddies is also on my honorable mention as a show that I remember just having a really good time watching. My most favoritest seven from 2023. No contest. Hey insane thing about buddy daddies is i think it's like the second highest rated anime of 2023 on my anime list which obviously not the best really? metric in the world really insane right that's my like, anime list of all places it. of all yeah. places yeah they dude they're they hate daddies over there 
They hate buddies hate too. Buddies. And yet, but these ones are buddies. Like fun. No, no, yeah. they kind of like cancel each other out. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to buddy daddies. Um, Ronka, your turn. Alright, um, so towards the middle of the year now, a show that I, I'm not sure we even discussed it on the episode we, uh, it would be relevant to, I really liked Kimi no Hokago Insomnia, uh, or oh, uh, After School Insomniacs. Interesting. Which is, I, so, I, I think I've gone on records a couple of times we said, like, and that's really silly to say this in a Kurara podcast, I was like, I don't really care for high school-based romance series that much these days. I've started to come around a bit on them again this year, because I think I've started to read more into the sensitivities of each individual author. Like, one that's not, uh, doesn't even necessarily make my honorable mentions, but was really good was Skip to Loafer. Which oh, yeah. is a really interesting thing, which is like, three I was like, oh, this, this could only have been written by an adult who is thinking like an adult. Which is why Skip's Loafer is so good. I'd say Kimi no Hokago Insomnia is Kimi no Hokago Insomnia is a bit. It's probably not as mature as Skip's Loafer in some ways, but like sometimes you see a show that if you'd seen it when you were sixteen or seventeen, it would be the most heart wrenchingly romantic thing you've ever seen. And even now, it kind of hits home. It's it's a love story about two people who've got insomnia for different, somewhat melodramatic, as you find out as the show goes on, reasons. Um, and basically how they try to connect with each other over this, and also, um, the theme of, uh, astral photography. And it's just, it just is really intimate and sweet in how it depicts its main character's relationship. It's genuinely really romantic and cute, uh, ends so satisfyingly, which is really important for a 12-episode romance anime, even more than the 12-episode sports anime. Oh, a 12-episode romance that's anime true. has to go somewhere, and this has a really pretty lovely note that ends on um yeah i don't know i think this is a show that i i'm shocked didn't break it bigger because i feel like this is like perfect the sort of people who like well i like the romance part of something like bisque doll but it's really horny this is like one of those except it doesn't have horny and like the girl's gimmick is that she wears like normal clothes she wears funny overalls a lot um so that's that's something. I don't know. I think it's really neat. I don't think it's particularly relevant for the people who listen to this podcast, which is why I didn't mention it much. But I don't know. I think if you like those kinds of earnest romances, I would highly recommend it. Nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Iris. Um, I already got to talk a lot about this, but I am just gonna shout Pluto out one last time. Yo. As far as shows that I waited a really, really, really long time for, and then came out and were as good as I could have hoped they would be, um, that nothing beats that see- that feeling. It is very satisfying. There is a reason that I'm walking away from that show happy. But also, I do think it's nice to kind of get that, um more material one-two punch of having a show that has come out that I could, like, show my family and they would think is cool. Um, I think that that is always a cool show to watch. And it is also really nice to see something that has sort of ignited my, um, my interest that, uh, streaming platforms aren't an entirely dead end for things that I like. And that there is actually some interesting stuff uh, to be done there. And hey, I might regret saying this the next time I'm on the podcast. <laughs> but for now, um, like seeing something that reminded me of uh, OVAs I used to binge was really personally satisfying as well. Um, Very fair. Yeah. 
it's it's oh. funny you mentioned the fake seasonal chart thing though because obviously the other fake seasonal chart anime that did come out uh, in the past year was loose from the biscuit hammer oh god yeah <laughs> i'm so glad I mean, pluto why, won't why do well you think you. i was, yeah why do you think i was so scared of pluto <laughs> being bad netflix uh, original and biscuit hammer anime oh god <sighs> um yeah so uh pluto also is rounding out my top five as well so I'm now going to pull from the mentions, and I'm just going to name drop, um, and maybe, uh, honestly, another thing that you could potentially see on the, um, uh, seasonal fake charts is, a uh, Heavenly Delusion. Um, mm. yeah. Oh! Uh, you stole my number one! <laughs> oh, no! Then I'll shut the fuck up. Then I'll shut the fuck up right now. Pluto's on my top five. Ronka, go ahead. Uh, I, Ron I think I, you're at your number one now, right? I'm at my number. One, well, I'm at my. Okay, I'm at the last thing I watched from this that from the, uh, last year. Literally finished it yesterday evening, so it's fresh in my mind. But I just wanted to shout it out because it also pairs pretty well with Pluto. Um, I just want to have some quick shout outs to other things. There's one thing I've noticed that is Maiko not on any of our top fives. I, I'm waiting my... to say it because oh. it's my number one. <laughs> Okay. I have, it's been in my honorable mentions and I didn't say it. We formatted this badly. So badly. No, you, you kept such, oh, whatever. Um, yeah, I guess other things I thought were really good. I thought World Die Star was not quite a top five worthy show, but easily one of the best 13 episodes based off a mobile game anime that I've seen. Well, like, to advertise mobile game anime. It's like where Forever You Starlight was actually about acting and actually had things to say about the human condition uh, and had a pretty fun, like, supernatural twist to it. Um, Edomaya Elf. Oh, yeah, had to mention it. Motherfucking. Uh, <laughs> Thousand Year Blood War Part 2 was so cool. Uh, <laughs> Fuck finally... off. <laughs> it, it was cool. Sorry, it I'm was sorry. Really that's... Cool. Ronka, I'm sorry. That was literally reflexive, and I apologize for saying it. I, that was not okay with me. Uh, uh, then, show that sounds like it should be shite, but was actually really good, uh, was uh, the Level 1 Mao and the One Room Hero show, which was um amazing yaoi politics show about, like, what if the guy who tried to kill you in the past came back as a moomin who loved you? Um, <laughs> it's really good. I think I, I think it's a show that I think you would get to see out of Iris, or maybe the manga. I'll see how the manga oh, we is. Watched, we watched the first episode, and it was pretty good. I oh. don't remember why we didn't. Uh, it was more it. of like a timing constraints, honestly. Yeah. It was like our uh, seventh thing that season, I think, and I was just like, I can't hack that. Totally but yeah, it looks good uh, as fuck. Really good, and again, really satisfying conclusion. And finally, Bastard Season 2, because I just like mentioning Bastard. Alright, my favourite thing that I have not mentioned so far from this year, pairing well with Pluto, though not a Netflix <laughs> anime, unlike its prequel, Sailor Moon Cosmos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sailor Moon Cosmos, uh, I mean, it was the last year. I, I think of it as a winter seasonal, because it only finally came out on Blu-ray in, like, December the 20th. Um... Oh man, it was crazy. Sailor Moon is just such a fascinatingly strange work, and I'm, I'm. We were talking a bit. I, I think maybe it wasn't on on recording about how it's kind of sad how anime can be used for aesthetics rather than people who actually appreciate them. And Sailor Moon's always kind of disappointed me there because no one really talks about how weird Sailor Moon is. They just go like, "Oh, the aesthetics, the girls," uh, but like it's what the girls do with the aesthetics that gets crazy. And Sailor Moon Cosmos <laughs> is like a religious experience. Not because it's, like, good or life-changing, but it's, like, one of the few works of fiction that feels like it's written like a religious text. A show that, like, a film, I guess, that is so invested in the concepts of cycles of reincarnation and harm and what if someone went back into the past to stop themselves, but they're actually stopping themselves from the future? And, like, it, I don't... It's such a, like, bafflingly transhumanist work. 
about like the boundaries of personality and humanity and when one person becomes another and no one ever talks about this and it makes me sad because sailor moon is fucking insane and i really think deserves to be analyzed in the same way that we analyze other like influential works of 90s anime science fiction for how unique its worldview is and just how baffling it is damn uh, okay yeah. uh, I, I, hey, I got, i'm gonna be real amazing blindside that's so cool <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to build off of this anyways, even though you already know what mine is. It is Tengoku Daimakyo, a.k.a. Heavenly Delusion. Masakazu uh, Ishiguro created perhaps one of my favorite works of fiction in the form of Soremachi, which has mm -hmm. been talked about a lot on the podcast. And I think that um, uh, Tengoku Daimakyo is a testament to just how good of a sci-fi writer he is. Um, I think that uh, while there are definitely flaws, it is not uh, all in all a perfect series. Um, there is just something really, really refreshing about seeing someone go all out on an original sci-fi concept that does not feel rooted in the idea that either all humans are evil or that, like, the interesting part of the future is going to be, like, what politics develop. I, I don't know. It's a very, very human story um, about a post-apocalyptic world. And I feel like there's just not enough stuff like that let alone one that has so many, like, incredible twists that, um, like, don't feel like they exist for shock value and actually add to the story. Like, the way you learn about the world uh, in that uh, series, both the show and the manga, even though they're paced differently, I, I think is really cool i think it's really cool um there's just like learning that there are like huge monsters on the earth and then learning what those monsters are and then like oh i don't want to spoil it for you you should just read it watch it like it is um it, it, it is a treat it's a treat um it also is like um not to just go off on everything but is perhaps one of the most uh considered meditations on like gender and uh the gender stuff that i feel like some people uh have been put off by or have been um i, I saw a lot of people getting uh i don't know sort of like taking a lot of it in bad faith. I, I think that one of Ishiguro's greatest strengths as a white, as a writer is like a genuine level of sympathy and understanding for women that you just do not see from most male authors. And I think a lot of that really comes through in the way he writes all of the main characters and about their relationships to themselves and um like uh 
sex and gender and development and I, I, I don't know. It is, it's really well done to me. Nice. Uh, Mal, what were you going to say about it before I cut you off to say that it was my favorite no, that fuck, you had to wait? Fuck no, I'm saying nothing about it. You, you crushed it. Um, it's All my right. turn to say my spoiled number one, which is um, Bang Dream My Go. It's Let's my go. go! It's my turn to talk about My Go. Um, wow, what a fucking, um, what a ride it's been from getting interested in the Bang Dream phone game to ignoring it for like two years and to never watching any of the other <laughs> animes. Uh, yeah, probably more than two years. Oh, way more than two years. Oh my god, yeah, like, fuck. Yeah, Crazy. Um, yeah, uh, Bang Dream, uh, is... I can't believe we ended up here. Um, a show that... I, I'm not even sure what I went into this expecting, but, like, it was such a fucking treat to see something that took itself so seriously in the best ways mm. possible, um, managed to get, like... Attain a level of seriousness and dire urgency of subject without ever confusing it with scale. Um, it's 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 fucking nice to see something that that speaks like. Ugh, I I wish I had never said this in the past because I think it means more now. Something that speaks deeply to my experience in high school and my experience with bands in high school. Um, maybe not exactly the same ways, but definitely in a, in a close enough way where it really really got to me. Um, it's so nice to see women fight. Um, I love yeah. it. I love it Woo! so much. Um, it was really nice to see this in contrast with Bochi as well, a show that I think has something to say about the way that getting into a band and meeting new people can affect your mental state and affect the way that you think about yourself and the way that you address the world around you. And I think my go is w much more interested in the way that being in a band with people affects the people you're in the band with and how you think about them mm. and how you talk to them. It, it focuses so much tighter than, um, I don't know, like every other band anime I've, I've seen before. I feel like it really feels, this really yeah. feels like it rewrote something uh, really important to me personally. And my experience with anime is the girls band show from the start to now. Um, and it's so, it was so nice to see one that cared this much about showing real girls, like, like real ass moments in development, in fucking mental illness, um, all across the board. Holy fuck. Can't wait for season two. Can't wait for Ave Mujica. I don't even know if those oh, are the I'm same so thing or different. For Ave Mujica. Um, also, um, my favorite, uh, expressions in 3D, uh, Trigon Stampede was awesome and looked great, but my favorite gag faces in 3D probably still belong to this show and the general work the so Bang good. Dream team has been doing in, uh, over the course of several years refining their 3D. So I have to shout that out too. Um, also, uh, I would say I, I this is a, a big, a big point for me my favorite music by a fictional band in a tv show like ever i think the the spoken word stuff is so on the spoken fucking word stuff nose was so good. it's so on they the mark i, I would listen just transition to being that band i would have listened to an album of that honest to honest to god um yeah amazing stuff great uh i love my go I I purposely left it out of my top five because I thought it was gonna be in both of yours. The fact, there's only one of yours means I probably should have. I think probably insomnia can be bumped off and replaced with my go. Uh, if I'm I I also honest. left mine out for the same reason. I told you guys to list your top five shows. I didn't think about how it would sound on the podcast at all, but okay, that's <laughs> you fine. You can tell. 
Yeah, we can tell. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think my girl was, was really just... As somebody who's always had a lot of faith in the Bangery anime, as a person who turned away from the game, but was like, the anime's pretty good, though, for like several years, um, I felt very vindicated. Uh, and I was vindicated with a show that was extremely good. So yep. nice. I'm deeply satisfied. And it really builds on everything I liked from the previous anime, but just does it better, does it with a new cast, free of like the weaker parts of Bang Dream's writing. It is very funny that the one band who doesn't appear is Hello Happy World. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, good. <laughs> Get yeah, that shit out of has, here. That's clown music huge... for idiots. The clown, is, the music is pretty bad. Yep. As much as I love Misaki, the clown music is pretty rough. <laughs> Folks, we love Misaki, but she's great because the music is bad. <laughs> uh, so, now that we've all said our pieces, uh, my top five for 2023 was, in no particular order, Pluto, Moipan, Season 2 of Birdie Wing, Dead Mount Death Play, and Bang Dream My Go. Mine was uh, Moipon, Revenger, Kimi no Hakaga, Insomnia, Slash My Go, Sailor Cosmos, and AI no Aidenshi. Uh, mine was Trigun Stampede, Oshinoko, Tengoku Daimakyo, Dead Mount Death Play, and Pluto. All right. I think Iris is the one here whose taste is actually the best barometer of what normal people like. So Iris gets the My Anime List Award for 2023. Oh my oh, god, I'm fucked. You're fucked. Myself. The that's so mean. Franka, do you want to have Iris on the podcast again? What are you talking about? What the fuck is your prop? No, I say she's a good cultural barometer. I'm, I'm just, we need her as a counterbalance to us. But we hate culture. Okay, no, it's okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Wow, good job, everybody. 2023 was a really good year for anime. I'm so happy. Um, yeah. Oh, there's one show we didn't talk about that I think we were interested oh, in. Uh, Hoshizuku Telepath. Holy crap. Um, oh my god. So we're going to talk about that uh, in our soon-to-be-released little follow-up episode. Iris, stick around. You'll be in that one, too. But we're going <gasps> to we're gonna cut it now. We're going to say Yippee. goodbye to 2023. Goodbye, goodbye to you guys for, like, one week. You'll hear the Hoshizuku episode real soon. Um, but we're going to go, we're going to go record that now. So everyone, <laughs> what's your word of the year for 2023? Uh, oh, us? Yeah, oh my God. You, I, yeah, I wasn't ready. Yeah, sorry. You didn't ask me to write down a word everyone on um, the podcast. What's your year for the word for the year for 2023? It's Yogo. <laughs> Two words. Um, Iris. <laughs> Uh, Ave Musica, yep. which I believe is hyphenated, <laughs> and also not words. Yeah, that is, is, I'm sure it's Latin. Uh, honestly, okay, yeah, it's Latin. My word of the year for 2023? Sports. Sports. Keep your eye on this one. Probably big in 2024, too. Alright, well, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. again for listening to uh, OVA 8 of our Fun Things Fun podcast, our 2023 fall slash entire year wrap up. Um, thanks for listening to our top five shows and all stuff from the season. Um, we had a lot of fun doing this one. I kind of was hoping this would be one episode we touched on Hoshikuzu as well, but we ended up going really long on this session, which is good. It was good podcasting, but you know, split it in half to 
reasonable episodes, which aren't reasonable. Like, I can't believe you guys enjoy two-hour episodes of this, but thank you for enjoying it, and um, hope you enjoy the next one as well. So, as always, we took the uh, music from the interstitials from the stuff we talked about in this episode. Our interstitial um, in the middle was taken from uh, the OP to Free Ren instrumental, Yoasobi. Um, Yusha by Yoasabi, and currently we're uh, listening to the uh, OP to Under Ninja, which is uh, Hyper by Croy. I think everyone agreed this was like probably one of our top tracks of the year for OP, so may as well put it in. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. Two weeks from now, we'll be talking about Hoshikuzu, and then after that, we'll be talking about our next show, so stay tuned for that as well. Uh, have a great 2024. Yay! Are we excited? And uh, take care. Bye!